I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. 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 Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am his royal effervescence, Tom Bionic. Royal effervescence? Royal effervescence, yes. Are you like part Rothschild or something? <laughs> Gosh, I sure hope not. Well, this is Monday, and it's a new uh, week of the Future Quake Show. Indeed. And we have a new guest with us. We have mm-hmm. uh, one of our favorite guests who's been here periodically on mm-hmm. our show, Dr. Jerome Corsi, mm-hmm. who is an investigative reporter for World Net Daily. Yeah, he's done a bunch of books, too. He did uh, The Abomination, which I thought mm-hmm. had a very snappy title. The Abomination, And yeah. what did he do? And, you know, he's not right or left or anything. What was that book he did? Well, he did The Late Great USA. Uh-huh. It's a very popular book. Yeah, and then he did a book uh, uh, about John Kerry's Unfit for Command. Oh, yeah. And, uh, uh, all of them have been been very provocative and yeah. caused a big buzz in our mm-hmm. society. Uh, his his most recent thing, which we mentioned earlier in this interview, is his um, uh, detainment by Kenyan authorities mm-hmm. when he found a connection between some unsavory characters in Kenyan politics mm-hmm. uh, and basically Obama. Yeah. I, now I had I had thought that uh, they had let his they had they had given his birth certificate out, but I guess apparently not, huh? No, 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 no. In fact, uh, Senator Bunning the other day mentioned that he had not seen the birth certificate mm-hmm. yet of uh, Obama. So that hasn't completely disappeared. Hmm. But Jerome Corsi has a reputation for being the investigative reporter that gets out there mm-hmm. and um, makes things happen hmm. and uh, stirs the pot. And uh, I mm. think he's just a truth seeker. Yeah. It's true. And it's uh, true. now our interview we had, uh, because he is such in demand, in fact, I hear he does something like 10 interviews a day. you got to I mean, be kidding me. Yeah, that's obscene, that number of interviews. But uh, the uh, number of interviews that he does, uh, that he would find time for us with all these high-profile uh, well, we're kinda, he has. I mean, let's let's get down to brass tacks. We're kind of kingmakers. Yeah. In fact, he'd be nothing without having been on our show before. Yeah. But uh, we just appreciate him being on. But what I was getting at was that um, he can't spend very long with us, Mm -hmm. and we had to cut it short a little bit. So uh, people are going to be stuck with our uh, ad nauseum comments here for three days. Life's tough sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You just got to get us along yeah. for the ride along we could, with Dr. Corsi. Yeah, we could do my views on, on Revelation this this week. Okay, well, that'd be fine. <laughs> thing. But uh, we are going to have Dr. Jerome Corsi on for the first three days of our week here at Future Quake, mm-hmm. talking about uh, recent ominous state actions mm-hmm. towards civilian internment. Yes. And some things that uh, he's been focusing on, and I think he's still in the middle of his research on. But what are they really up to as far as the money that's now being applied for these internment camps that are being built. This whole whole things are getting really weird. You know, there's this thing that I have yet to research, but I really want to. It's this, you know, this uh, the Obama National Service Corps. I heard 
on the radio a couple of weeks ago that it is actually run by the Democratic National Party. The Service Corps? The Obama Service Corps that he's proposing. Huh. Is that like Hitler Youth? No, it's completely different. You have like a blue armband instead of oh, a red okay, one. Oh, okay, okay. But you have... And, uh, and you don't like... Brother Hillmar back on to yeah, talk it's, about it's it. Not like a, it's not like an anti-Semitic thing. It's just like an anti-Republican thing. Or okay. anti-Libertarian thing okay. or an anti-freedom. Totally different. Well, I would recommend young people go work for something that's, you know, more patriotic and unbiased like Acorn or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Goldman Sachs. You know, I actually... It's funny, man. I actually had an interview with uh, uh, Acorn and then I read their... You had an interview with Acorn. Yeah, I didn't know who they How were. How long ago? Oh, I don't know, about a year ago. And I was looking at and and I I got the thing <laughs> and then I looked at their looked at their statement and I thought, uh, their you know their like mission statement. Uh-huh. And I was like, whoa. We need to put that credential on futurequake.com for yeah, you. Yeah, they called me back like they were looking for they were looking for an economist, you know, somebody with somebody to interpret data and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, how to handle all the large coffers of money our government gives them? And I was, I was looking at, it, I was like, boy, I, I read their, I read their <laughs> mission statement. I was like, boy, I, I really can't get behind that. Man, they called me and called me and called me. I had no, I always learn something new about you. So do our listeners. Yeah, well, uh, your connection so does, to Acorn. So does Greater Tennessee. The bionic <laughs> Acorn connection. Wow, it's interesting. I guess because I knew you were a nut. Yeah, that's well, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, I guess we should go on and uh, bring in Dr. Yeah, Corsi in, who would Dr. actually Corsi's have a more legitimate discussion. Am I not legitimate? Are you saying I'm not legitimate? Well, I, um, yes. <laughs> Let's bring in Dr. Yeah. Corsi. Let's bring in uh, Dr. Jerome Corsi, uh, who has uh, blessed us to come back for another visit, talking about a very serious subject matter of uh, civilian internment camps. And then when we come back, we'll uh, wrap it up here on the following segment of Future Quake. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I'm Tom Bionic. And we're back with one of our favorite guests, a regular guest to our show here. Yes, indeed. Uh, certainly one of our most prestigious guests who always has something compelling to say. Yeah. And that is Dr. Jerome Corsi, who is an investigative reporter for World Net Daily, uh, the host of, uh, author of a number of books, such as Obama Nation and uh, just a, a bunch of books, uh, Late yeah. Great USA and others. And uh, he's with us uh, today. He's given us a heads up on some of his latest research regarding uh, what we call the recent ominous state actions uh, toward civilian internment. And I just want to tell you, uh, Dr. Corsi, it's great to have a guest like you back on the Future Quake show. Well, gentlemen, it's great to be back with you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we know your time's short here with us because you have so many things going on, but uh, it's really a wonder you don't have time for our humble show. But uh, we sure appreciate your work here. I want you to know yeah. that we are well, real fan. You. We're fans of what you do and what you thank stand for. Thank you very for. much. Appreciate that. Uh, I know uh, we we hope to treat you a little bit better than the Kenyan government did. <laughs> uh, that, that, that wouldn't be hard. <laughs> uh, regarding your, you know how to get attention. Uh, you are a national story. When you were uh, your last investigative yeah. project with Barack Obama, right. uh, and uh, here you were ready to break some news, and it was just like a, a movie on television. They come and grab you off the stage and hustle you off right in front of the cameras. Uh, I don't want I don't want to cut into much of our time on the story tonight, but can you real briefly summarize uh, to our audience what happened with you in that eventful well, adventure? It was. Um, I mean, I was both ready. To, I was going to report on the. Um, birth certificate issue. I mean, we still have not had Barack Obama's birth certificate uh, released, the original birth certificate. Mm-hmm. And it's been a continuing issue. I mean, the certificate that's, po- that's posted on his website was a registration of birth. Well, you could register a birth in Hawaii, especially in that time, and 
it could be even a foreign birth certificate you register and we don't see the one the birth certificate shows the doctor and the hospital and you know who the parents were and all those details which are normal with a birth certificate and i've keep kept asking you know why not and then i also did a lot of research and have a lot of evidence on the uh close relationship between barack obama and this odinga odinga who is now the prime minister Hmm. of um, uh, Kenya. Obama campaigned for in Kenya in 2006 when Obama was there. Obama um, you know, worked very extensively uh, to raise money, over a million dollars for Odinga. And Odinga has um, established you know, agreements with the radical Islam in, mm-hmm. in Kenya, mm-hmm. uh, saying he would expand the Islamic law if he got to be president. And when he lost in December 2007 election caused a tribal war uh, to gain power, and Obama participated in negotiating through that tribal war to make sure that Odinga got to be prime minister. Wow. Well, uh, that's weird. So, so through your research on this, um, you started cutting too close to home, and while our mainstream media slept, are actually in in essence sort of collaborated with. Uh, um, the parties involved in this by, by shelving this story or not even pursuing it, you actually took the effort on behalf of the public to do it, and as a result, you found yourself uh, in harm's way uh, with these kind of people. And uh, thankfully, we're able to survive to tell the tale. And uh, after being uh, uh, pulled off the stage and, and detained for some time, found your way even on uh, some mainstream shows like Hannity and Combs and others, correct? Well, that's right. I mean, it became a major international story. That yeah. You know, that I was detained trying to give a press conference. And I think it was a very big embarrassment to the Kenyan government when it finally all came out. Mm-hmm. But I did leave. I was It was the last day I was in Kenya. I was going to give the press conference. I left on the British Airlines a flight I was scheduled to take originally. And so I was not deported. The government of Kenya has been in touch with me since. And I'm welcome back. Of course, I don't know if I'd ever want to go back. <laughs> yeah, another, yeah, yeah. <laughs> another issue altogether. But uh, you know, it, it, it. I was not deported. That I think is the key thing to me. Is that, you know, despite all the difficulties and all the problems, that um, uh, they they couldn't find I did anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let's move on. First of all, we're glad you're here, and we're glad that uh, there is at least one reporter out there that is willing to willing shake to to the, the power structures yeah. to be able to get the public what they need to know. Now if we can only get the apathetic public to care about it. That, but I've, it's like leading a horse to water, and I know you're doing your part of it, Dr. Corsi. We're just have to take one step at a time. I mean, the right. public is going to come around. Uh, the, this economic crisis, as it deepens, and it's most assuredly going to deepen, mm-hmm. uh, is going to cause the public to come around. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to... You know, listen to Obama and say, oh, isn't this great? The Messiah is there. He's going to take care of the problems. Well, you know, that's fine. But when the unemployment continues, when we face issues of having to nationalize banks, even after the Obama administration says we're not going to do that, mm-hmm. um, I think people are going to find that six months from now, uh, President Obama's ratings are going to be dramatically lower than they are today. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Of course, they may have the capability to d- detain uh, people who are complaining about it, you know, and that'll help his ratings if they're detained and unavailable to uh, put their two cents in. You know, I have to confess to you, I get most of my political wisdom from uh, Oscar Award uh, recipients. <laughs> I found that's where I get some of the most indict politi- in-depth political commentary. Yeah, was it? Sean, Sean Penn was 
particularly illuminating, wasn't he? Oh, yes. And so that's that's where I have my influences. Uh, to move on to what you have uncovered amongst the many stories that you're working on, uh, I sort of alluded to it here. Uh, why do you – you know, this is sort of a third rail to touch, this whole issue about internment camps and things. Why do you have an interest even in investigating the subject matter of internment camps in the U.S.? And, and why do you think it's not just the, the fodder of dreaded conspiracy theorists? Well, you know, I've got so many facts to report. I mean, the last story I wrote, Al C. Hastings, who is a congressman in Florida, and by the way, a you know, a, he's a disgraced congressman. He um, actually was a uh, impeached as a federal judge, uh, African American. He found this district in Florida that would elect him to the Congress, and now he's introduced this resolution. Now, by the way, would he be uh, eligible for the new Senate seat in Illinois that's going to be available with those credentials? He could well be a Democrat. He could go on and work on that. (laughs) I mean, by the way, that's another point. Mainstream media doesn't point out all these, you know, the Democratic Party of corruption with Burris working with Blagojevich and, you know, trying to buy this seat that he got in the Senate or Hastings, who is in Florida, congressman, Democrat, the mainstream media never says Democratic impeached judge, Alcee Hastings. Well, Hastings introduces House Concurrent Resolution 645, or it's, it's I guess, you know, a, a bill. This legislation is designed to create no fewer than six detention centers on military bases. Oh. I follow these stories because, you know, the United States has a very poor history with detention centers, the internment camps for the Japanese in World War II, and other countries are no better, the gulags in Stalin, Russia, or the concentration camps in Nazi Germany. I mean, every time I hear detention camps, I think they're figuring to put me there first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would, I would say they, they would be go too. First. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I'm the first occupant of all these concentration camps they're going to create in the United States. Well, So here Hastings introduces the bill, and I write about the bill because it's now a fact. And you've got to say, what's the administration worried about? And I called Hastings' office, and I said, why do you want detention centers? They said, well, in case of another Katrina. I said, now, wait a minute. In a Katrina, you could need – I can see where you would need relief centers Mm -hmm. because there's people that are – you know, in, in harm's way of the hurricane, and their homes are gone, and their property is destroyed. And, but there's only a few people who refuse to evacuate when the order is given. So you don't need a detention center, you know, on a military base to handle the, the small number of people that refuse to evacuate. Uh, so they don't have any good explanation for it. And that makes me even more suspicious. Mm-hmm. I'm again thinking, well... You know, is the Obama administration thinking the economic crisis is going to get so bad that we're going to need to have, for the rioters in the streets who are going to be rioting over, you know, loss of jobs, that they're going to want to have detention centers to put these people away. Right. Hmm. And when you don't get good answers from the congressmen or their offices that introduce the legislation, when you see over here we've got U.S. NORTHCOM, which is a military combatant command in in Colorado Rattle Springs. I've been out there. I've interviewed the top commander, General Renault, and he's an honorable man. He understands the law. He is not trying to violate posse comitatus. But, you know, you say, why do we need this facility, and who's going to necessarily follow General Renault? Maybe the 
person there next doesn't understand the same respect for the law. And General Renault will tell you, if he gets an order from the Department of Defense, from his boss, Secretary of Defense, and it's saying, deploy the military in XYZ situation, he's going to do it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Right. He's uh, going to do it or be insubordinate. Mm-hmm. And we have, when we factor all that in with the fact that we've had all of these troops, including reservists, National Guard, and others over in Iraq, uh, routinely uh, having to uh, go break down doors in communities, question people, haul off people, shoot them if necessary, constantly exposed and conditioned to this. Now they're being sent back and either put onto militarized civilian police units uh, that are outfitted all like SWAT units, or now we actually have, from since this past October at least, announced that we have standing armies, military armies, that we're going to be focused just mm-hmm. here on our own soil. Uh, with that expanding, is this sort of coming up to be a perfect storm, Dr. Corsi? Well, you know, I, I've got great respect for our military and the people in our military. Sure. And the the problem is that, you know, a few years ago we would not have had a combat, combatant command to use the military in the United States. Now, these lines get very easily blurred. We say, um, here's a Katrina situation. We need military help. Say, okay, you know, I can understand that, but... Do we really need to have a whole combatant command established to do that? You know, once we cross that line, now what else is that combatant command going to be used for? And we've under the Security and Prosperity Partnership. I mean, I documented this in the late great USA. And by the way, that's now in paperback at a much reduced price. Oh, great! It's Amazon.com. It's got a new epilogue. It's only available in the paperback. Uh, But the Avian flu. If we have an outbreak of avian flu, we've signed an agreement, United States government, under George Bush, with Mexico and Canada, that the United Nations laws are going to predominate. So there's another military use of, you know, in a, in a health emergency. Hmm. And then you say, well, how about race riots? Or how about political riots? Or, like, you know, we've used in May Day and against the, the Vietnam War, uh, Protesters were rounded up and put into RFK Stadium. When protesters get put into stadiums, my mind immediately goes back to Argentina in the 70s when the military put students in, in, in you know, in, in stadiums and killed them. Right. Mm. And the Japanese, I believe, did that in World War II. Yeah. It's you know these are not the we've had you know since the founding of the republic we've had a government that has been very leery of using military force against U.S. civilians. This is what the British did, and it was the start of the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I understand all the good, well-intentioned reasons the military could serve in domestic situations, but I also understand the inherent danger of crossing these lines. We're back at the Future Quake Show with Dr. Future and Tom Acorn Bionic. <laughs> Tap dancing Tom Bionic. Proud member of Acorn. <laughs> well, I don't know about a proud member. You know, here we talked about civilian internment camps and our guest being interred in Kenya. <clears throat> and uh, during the break, I learned that in addition to working for Acorn, you had considered uh, taking a... I need a job bad. Job as a, a ballroom <laughs> dancing instructor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were... they were, they were were Against uh, the New World Order? Is that what... Ballroom dancing against... Well, the no, NWO. Well, they they just advertised they needed somebody, and I called them, and I actually had previous experience as a 
uh, doing ballet actually interestingly what enough. yeah 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 it was um <laughs> you won't believe some of the interviews that i've had man who are you and what have you done with Biotic? <laughs> no 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 i got this job i got this job i was like editing music for this dance company and they said we really need guys to be part of the dance company and uh, they kind of finagled me, and they're like, you just like sachet across the floor. Yeah, totally. I can do like a like pirouettes and stuff. I know all that stuff. Really? Yeah. You wear tights? I did wear tights. Oh my goodness! Oh, it's crazy. And then you know, around these parts around here, we don't do that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, I can also, I can also. Uh, it's like it's kind of one of them. How big your boys are, your thing. I'm a pretty big old boy, so I'm not worried. They what? You don't know. You've never heard that? No. The Roy D. Mercer thing, where. No. The guy calls him and says, how big a boy are you? No. And he says, "You're about. I'm about 6'4", 220. He says, no. that's pretty big. No, I had heard? no idea what oh. you're talking All about. All right, well, Roy D. Mercer was this guy that used to call up and, um, uh, you know, like he was the original phone prank guy that would record these things mm-hmm. and threaten these people to, like, come down there and beat them up and, hmm. you know. Okay. And uh, I'm a pretty big old, my point was is that I'm a pretty big old boy. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, uh, Dr. Jerome Corsi, obviously this leads into our discussion with him yeah. about civilian internment camps. <laughs> um, he, he elaborated a little nice bit segue. about the uh, Kenyan authorities, Yeah, which, you know, that's what I call by definition taking the tough ride. I don't know, folks. I don't know if you're all aware that, um, you know, he did get interned by the, uh, he was there checking out all this weird stuff that went on and he got arrested. I, you know, it made national news and stuff. And, he, you know, he, of course, mentioned it here earlier. Yeah, um, but he was just like drug off by the heels. Well, maybe not quite by the heels, mm-hmm. but they did come and get him. Yeah, he's public enemy number one in of the current administration. Yeah, because these other people whine, 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 whine. He goes out there and finds data mm-hmm. and uh, lays it out on the table. Yeah, and uh, that's why we really like having him here. He he opened our discussion talking about um, this mysterious new uh, House resolution to uh, fund civilian internment camps. From what I have read of it, and we've mentioned it briefly on our show here, it involves at least six locations, mm-hmm. and I think they're typically planned to be associated with military installations. Well, and, yeah, I, he, Army bases was the idea. I think. And I've seen yeah, numerous uh, discussions that have suggested that uh, possibly the one local around here could be uh, at Fort Campbell. Yeah. So we would be, I guess, broadcasting future quake. From uh, Stalag 17 I know Fort that, Campbell. You know, I know that we have at least one fan from uh, Clarksville that works there at the base. Huh. I've, uh, I met her at, uh, I met her at uh, one of the movie nights we... Really? We that, that's there. okay. And, uh, well, I guess we could send Pyro out as sort of like a carrier pigeon and record the tapes, and he could get him under the fence yeah, to I'm, record it and play for the other Futurians. Yeah, when I, when I think about courageous dogs, I think about Pyro. So mm-hmm. Yeah, good, Melinda risk his fit. life. Yes, well, yeah. there were no cows or um, was anything you know, scared of? We, we we speak light of this because it seems so surreal. Yeah, but, but it's, it's deadly serious, folks. It could really be. Mm-hmm. It just it's so chilling mm-hmm. because once you get to that, there's no turning back. Mm-hmm. Once people are all in their in their herded pens, and this happens all over the world. This is not something that why well, it can't happen in America. You know, go, go ask can. a Japanese citizen if it can mm-hmm. happen in America. They'll tell you real quickly that it can. I met a guy who was a professional a professional burglar, and he said the reason he never got caught was How do you meet all these people? Just, Is this when you were ballet dancing? No, this was um, when I was playing with a band. Okay. And uh, 
as you'll find out, uh, some of the for some reason people like to hang out with musicians, and they're always always really weird. Mm-hmm. Okay, so your burglar said yeah. what? He always this said, wasn't the hamburglar, was it? No, okay. it wasn't the hamburglar. Okay, he said the one thing that you always got to remember is that I never told myself I'd never get caught. I would I would always say I got to do this right because I might get caught, and that same type of diligence I think can be applied here. You know, we can't say that. We can't say that, hey, it'll never happen here. Don't We don't need to worry about right. it. This is America. It's right. no big deal. You know, they're already doing gun confiscation drills in Iowa. Right. You know, they're doing, they've got this bill introduced yeah. to those all things. Look you know? at Katrina. They went down and took people's mm-hmm. guns right against the Constitution. Mm-hmm. 20% of the people in Los Angeles County are getting government assistance, and the state is almost bankrupt. The government says, <laughs> I mean, come on. The government basically says you have rights until it's no longer convenient for you to have rights, mm-hmm. and then which really means you don't have rights at all. Yeah. If it's if you have rights only when it's expedient, then they're worthless to you. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's when the mm-hmm. when the chips are down is when it's that way. Well, speaking of not having rights, maybe we should. Uh Bring Merv in here real quick. What if I refuse to bring Merv in? What if I barricade the door? Well, then I guess we're going to have to find how big of a boy I am. No, we don't want to do that because <laughs> Merv could whip both of us. Yeah, Merv's tough. So uh, we're going to bring Merv in here to come tell you all what you think about our show. Please be kind to us, mm-hmm. but tell us what you think. Uh, uh, speak about the guest, uh, any that you like or topics or ones you mm-hmm. like here. So no further ado, here's Merv to tell you how you can contact us here at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the shows, topics, or guests, or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we've got uh, 10, 15 seconds each. Boy, this stuff is sure is scary. Right? Like you said, we make light of it, but uh, this is something to not be made light of at all. Right, and uh, one day it will happen, I'm afraid to say. Yeah. No wonder if you say it can't happen here, which is the book by, uh, was it Sinclair Lewis? That was yeah. about this very topic, mm-hmm. the book of which is the same title. Mm-hmm. But we need to go. Uh, so till tomorrow, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Sayonara. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, the mighty sea bass bionic. <laughs> yeah, I guess you'd had to been here, people, to understand that. <laughs> We're back for the next edition of our interview with Dr. Oh, Dr. Jerome Corsi, yeah. investigative reporter for WorldNet Daily, talking about the cheery subject of recent ominous state actions towards civilian internment. That's and, an uplifting uh, topic. Basically, we're all going to get put away, lock and key, and that's the end of us. I hope you like the Shawshank nice Redemption because you're going to live it. <laughs> have a nice day. Drive safely. Yeah. Um, no, seriously, we're going to have a serious discussion about this. Mm-hmm. And uh, resume it. Yesterday, he just sort of uh, let the cat out of the bag about mm-hmm. uh, a new uh, House resolution to fund 
at least six camps to intern citizens. Uh, and he's tried to get information from uh, uh, Representative Alcee Hastings, who already has been in some hot water for other things he's done. Yeah, the guy's a disgraced judge, right? Yeah, yeah. And he's the one who is really pushing this thing. And they keep saying, well, it's uh, it's for Katrina, for Katrina kind of stuff. But the only thing is, why do you have to detain people? If you're providing them means of rescue. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if you come up with a boat to rescue somebody out of a flooding house, you don't have to detain them in the boat. They're, I wonder, like, happy to get in the boat and move on. Well, you know, I wonder who would have a lot to say about this would be Melissa Riley. If she, yeah, if Dr. she knows. Dr. Riley. You know, she's sort of on to doing some other things. Oh, really? But she might we, just have a keen interest in this yeah, anyway. She's our, you keep our up. FEMA point of contact. Yeah. She's the one I'm hoping that when you and I get hauled away, maybe she could have the clout to get us out. That'd be cool. Yeah. She got that. She got that. Uh, that that pet chicken for that guy. Yeah, she did rescue the pet chicken. Yeah, so she can rescue pet chicken. There's, I have high hopes for. Dr. I don't Fisher know if we we are as high on the uh, scale of uh, of life forms mm-hmm. that we could do that. But yeah. uh, anyway, we hope hopefully we'll have some Futurians out there that can get us out. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Maybe some friends in law enforcement who are listening in mm-hmm. and uh, will take a shine to us. Yeah. But we're going to talk about that further today. Um, and again, he's he's introduced the concept, and I think his research has just really started on mm-hmm. the subject itself. Mm-hmm. But ladies and gentlemen, if you find out anything on your end, if you're by one of these military bases and you see weird stuff going on, mm-hmm. if you see them uh, acting sort of strange and building stuff, mm-hmm. please let us know. Uh, just drop us an email. Uh, if you have uh, pictures, even cell phone pictures or whatever, send them to us. Yeah. We'll get the word out. Maybe we can compare notes with other people around mm-hmm. here. We'd sure like uh, to see what you find. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of hoaxes on this on this right, whole sure. thing too. You sure. know, what I mean, uh, people keep saying it's going to happen, it's going to happen, it's going to happen, and then you start looking up. Right. You know, somebody presents a photo, and you're like, oh, well, that's obviously. And they could be just innocent hoaxes. Goof. They also could be intentional disinformation to discredit stuff. Mm-hmm. It's hard but to say. It is not um, a rumor. The fact that. There is a House resolution put in by a congressman to do this very thing. Yeah. And we've already seen these things go on and on and on. Yeah. Just like about the, uh, you know, we have now an Army unit that stood up here just in the last few months mm-hmm. to be used against our own citizens. Well, and Robert Gates even even recommended, and I think that's going through, recommending expanding it from 3,200, uh, a force of 3,200 to three forces of 20,000 20, apiece. Three each of 20,000? Yeah. I read that. I mean, if you were like a well-armed, cohesive unit, you could control a ton of people with that many troops. Yeah, well, you know, if you take Harold Williams' uh, uh, estimates about having, you know, just two or three people able to control a whole neighborhood that really knew what they were doing, uh, you could conceivably, you know, 60,000 people could very easily control all the major cities in the United States. Hmm. Not that that's going to happen. Unless, you know, some people stood up and decided not to tolerate it. Play, yeah. Play Think nice. of Solzhenitsyn. You know, he said that when the when the when uh, those dreaded secret police would come knock on the door and all of the neighbors off, mm-hmm. if they had only just all gotten in the hotel and just, you know, beat up the person coming to get them, mm-hmm. they were cowards, basically, yeah. if there was at least a little bit of resistance. But often people were just passive and let it go by. Well, and I think that's the that's the flash. We're quickly approaching this sort of nexus point here. You know, like I like I mentioned earlier, you know, they said uh, 
you know, well, I, maybe I mentioned, maybe I'll, I'll have to look this one up, but 20, I think 20, 18 to 20% of the people in Los Angeles County are now on government assistance. Mm-hmm. That's a very odd statistic, but now look at the state. The state has to slash their budget by 40, 40%, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it just passed all sorts of crazy stuff. And it's just going to get worse next year. So what happens mm-hmm. when you eventually have to take that money away from that 20% of the people? Answer, you've got insanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's going to... May have to intern people. Yeah, that's going to spark. And, and then you've got people, then the whole thing starts. People knocking on the doors. What do you do? Guy comes to your door and says, you got to come with me. Do you go with him? Do you shut the door in his face? Well, per our last news segment, people already be trained on what to do when they knock on your door. Mm-hmm. You'll let them in your house politely. You'll let them look around. Mm-hmm. Carroll County, yeah, up there in Iowa. That's yeah. right. So. Well, you, you know that. You know, it's it's funny that uh, uh, Alex Jones actually had that guy on his show, a spokesman for the military, about that whole thing, mm-hmm. and uh, his answers were like, uh, you know, I don't know anything. I never saw any of the gun confiscations there in uh, Katrina. Didn't see it. Didn't hear about the Mexican troops handing out food. So everybody Katrina. was lying. Yeah, that was that was his implication. Yes, everybody's uh-huh. lying. I, that that didn't really happen. And uh-huh. in fact, he even accused Alex of trot, trotting out a quote unquote string of horribles that had no bearing on reality. End okay. quote. All right. Well, speaking of string of horribles, we need to bring in Doctor Corsi <laughs> to uh, resume his discussion. Uh, everyone is waiting to actually hear somebody. Mm-hmm with some credibility speak on our show. <laughs> so he's going to be coming here and talking uh, the next stage of our discussion on his research on um, this new legislation to make internment camps. A nice, wonderful place for us all to stay together. So uh, with no further ado, here's Dr. Jerome Corsi, and then we'll come back to wrap things up here on Future Quake. Well, let me, let me just mention, though, that there are some precedents if you look for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, as I understand it, uh, our own president called out MacArthur, who, mm-hmm. who brought out a patent to fire on our own veterans, well, wrote, fact, the Bonus it, Army. Yeah. The Bonus Army, it was uh, General MacArthur, and it was in the 30s during the Depression. And, and, in fact, he even ignored the president who told him to stop once they were in full retreat and, and across the river, and he continued to attack them and, and to, to use deadly force against them. And, you know, we have in our hands, and we read here, a paper we got from the Patent Library that General Patton wrote. Uh, 1935 after that based on his experience of, of how our soldiers should treat our own civilians in these things and he talks about actually uh, using the uh, uh, bayonet on people and then afterwards when you found out who the innocent are then start using your guns on them and I'm wondering if we have somehow uh, given these guys and romanticized who they are and not really seen the full measure of at least, at least a portion of our leadership well these are you know these are problems we also Use the military in the, if you remember, some of the race riots in Detroit in 1967 when the National Guard was called out and there was a big dance between then the Governor Romney, the Governor Romney of Massachusetts' father, mm-hmm. and President Johnson about who was going to call the National Guard. And finally, they had to ask Lyndon Johnson to, to bring in federal troops. And when federal troops entered into put down a race riot, again, you've got some very important crossing lines. Now, the race riots in the 60s were a very frightening phenomenon because while you're going through them, you don't know they're going to stop. Right. And the escalation of the military into race riot situations meant that if they continued and escalated, you know, I wrote a report, most people don't realize this, but I, 1969, 
I wrote Shootout in Cleveland with Louis Massadi. It was a report on a gun battle between the Ahmed Evans, who was then heading up, radical group in Cleveland. They started a gun battle with Cleveland police. It became a task force report for the Eisenhower Commission. I've been worried about these issues of the involvement of military and law enforcement, how they interact uh, in domestic emergency situations since the 60s. Not a new concern of mine. I've been mm-hmm. at this issue for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I remember studying history, how easy it was you know, in the Germany of the 1930s to say, well, we need, you know, these blurred lines, these military blurred lines where Hitler, you know, with the brown shirts and the SS and the SA basically had a private army. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are, um, you know, the, I don't know if most people remember this, but there's another historical episode where General Smedley Butler, well, and that's right, and he's the one who came into the Bonus Army story because he was the one that tried to rouse the Bonus Army people uh, before they were massacred, and then uh, since he was so endearing to the World War One vets, they uh, they tried to get him into being part of this uh, overthrow of our own government, correct? Right, the Wall Street people came to him, and they said, we'll finance a private army for you, General Smedley Butler, because his popularity was demonstrated with the Bonus Army, and we'll recruit, just like Hitler, just like Mussolini, your own brown shirts. We'll finance them and pay for them, Wall Street said, and the intent is to overthrow Franklin Roosevelt. And right. Smedley Butler, a mm. general, he refused, and he turned it in. He had testimony in Congress. I've gone into Congress, into the archives, and I've copied out those files. And the History Channel actually did a little video on it. They did a, a program on it right. a few years back, and I've got a copy of it. But it was the one time the United States came the closest ever to a military coup. And our good friends, the head of DuPont, uh, E.F. Hutton. Bear uh, financing it. Yeah, Bear, I think. <laughs> right. They it, were all financing it. it yep. And, in fact, the uh, the, the um, mayor of New York at the time, who that, now they had that, that recent uh, honorary banquet on his behalf that had both the presidential candidates at, if you remember that, the yeah. where they sort of had the, it was in honor of him, and he was one of the people in the plot to overthrow a government. Well, and see, this could happen. It, I mean, John Kennedy, when he was in office, if you remember the, uh, whatever it was, the four days in May or seven days in May, the novel that was so popular mm-hmm. about a military takeover, and Jack Kennedy allowed it to be filmed in the White House, the movie. He actually allowed the film crew to move into the White House to film the picture. And um, then, if you recall, just before Jack Kennedy was shot, he gave a very important speech in New York, I believe, about secret societies. And he warned people. You can still see it on YouTube. It's been archived. Mm-hmm. He war- It's, it's a, a very remarkable speech. It was given just before he was killed, warning about the influence of secret societies. Right. That's right. the President of the United States, just before he got assassinated. That's right. That's right. Uh, is there any other intelligence data that you've been able to get further on what the plans are for these detainment centers, anything else you've been able to collect to date? No, the best, the best I could, what I'm currently worried about is that, you know, that the Obama administration is going to move in a direction of suppressing free speech. Uh, it's going to try to clamp down on talk radio, uh, maybe not through the fairness doctrine, maybe through this whole issue of local stations being in control. In other words, 
trying to break up the clear channels and the others mm-hmm. who have nationally syndicated programs, mm-hmm. trying to get Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity and Mark Levin and all the others off of national syndication. Um, there's going to be some plan tried, and then those who speak out against the administration will be targeted for some kind of suppression. I mean, I expect it to come down to myself one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Right. And then um, additionally, if there is economic dissent or riots this summer, I expect the government wants to be ready to put those riots down. Mm-hmm. And I've been watching Dave Beck lately, and I, I mean Glenn Beck. I think Glenn Beck is right on with his, you know, he gets blamed for having alarmist shows, but I think the concerns he's raising that there could be discontent in the streets this summer is well-founded. Yeah. Well, you tell him to go on and get Chuck Baldwin on his show a little bit Chuck more Chuck Baldwin is one of my good good friends, too. I supported Chuck and voted for him in the presidential election mm-hmm. in 2008. Chuck has written two or three really good articles here recently about the New World Order. Right. And, um, of course, that's the major theme of my late great USA. That's right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm well along the way finishing a new book, uh, America for Sale, which ought to be out here this fall. I'm writing a new book, America for Sale. Now, uh, you know, I, I know you did an addendum on your recent book on there, and I want you to go on and tell you, feel free to mention Dr. Future and Tom Bionic in those. <laughs> Uh, save, makers as we are. Just to yeah. save you the time to ask the request, feel free to quote us in there all yeah. you want. Okay, yeah. I'll be happy to. Okay. Hey, I, I, related to what's going on in this overall plan, a few years ago I was uh, tracking the word that was getting out about FEMA uh, recruiting local pastors uh, to coax, part, to be part of an official FEMA program to coax their fellow citizens to sur- surrender to mm-hmm. authorities in their own communities and comply uh, with the government in exchange, the government was offering them food and medicine for their families. Uh, and I saw actual government documents online that, having been a former government employee, looked uh, very authentic to me. Uh, and as it turned out, our prior co-host here, he, who was unaware that I was looking at this, uh, I happened to have just mentioned the very, you know, little bit of the uh, program, and he says, "Oh, he says, because he was a former minister." He said, "I was invited by another fellow minister of mine here in Tennessee to go to one of these meetings, mm-hmm. and in fact, they said that they uh, offered you uh, first priority on food and medicine for your family if you worked with FEMA." to uh, do these sermons and things on, on Romans 13 about obeying authorities and things and to coax farmers to give up their guns or animals or things like this. Really? And these are some independent people telling me this. And th- there, was a, there was a pastor who came forward who was a whistleblower and, pr- and pr- produced uh, the documents. And even with them blacked out, I saw enough information that was from my old neck of the woods. I was actually able to track him down and confirm all of this. I found the actual pastor, a very mainstream kind of guy, to expose this. Do, do wow. you think this is going to be a part of this whole process, too, where they're going to recruit people in our own community? Well, to... I've, not, I've not done any research on that myself, so I can't go there because I don't have firsthand experience of it. I mean, I you know, I, I trust what you're saying. I just haven't researched it myself. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, the issue is going to be uh, if the government's concerned about there being civil disobedience, which I think is coming, uh, over the economic crisis, that that's probably going to explain why the Obama administration may be interested in things like detention camps. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm concerned about, though, is you know we've got a coming some major changes. The government's also getting ready to go and use the military on the border in the drug war. 
Yeah, I've heard reports that they're thinking that uh, they may shut the border down here sometime in the next month. Like, well, completely. I, mean, I think it's 50-50 that Mexico will have a revolution, a leftist revolution. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure that Calderon is going to survive, and the Joint Forces Command says that, you know, they, they did a report on the strategic assessment for 2008. They say the two countries most likely in 2009 do political instability that could cause an overthrow of the government mm-hmm. are Pakistan and uh, Mexico. Mm-hmm. And Chavez, I'm sure, would like to uh, push in that area to add to his axis of power here. Well, you're, you, know, you can bet that anything that in the you know, south of the border that has to do with leftist movements is going to get both Daniel Ortega in Nicaragua and mm-hmm. Chavez and you know Raul Castro in Cuba. Right. They're all going to be right in there supporting it. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, l- let me ask you something just a, uh, a little off the beaten path. I know you focus on hard data and hard investigative work. Right. Um, but I've mentioned something about them trying to tap into pastors and other things. And in fact, uh, the same source I've had, the, the actual whistleblower that I've tracked down, has even further confirmed, and I've gotten this data from other sources, that they have even published a FEMA, a list of sermons. A, a formal list of sermons for these pastors who sign on to preach to their congregation about uh, being compliant with the government. Um, do you think? I certainly, if anybody can get me any of that, I can see those or get access to them. Okay. I'll write about it WorldNet Daily. Okay. I mean, we'll get that. We'll get, get the information to me, and I can, if I can validate it, I'll write about it. We'll get that to you. Um, based upon uh, your your own uh, beyond your investigative, but to your religious knowledge and opinions, do you, you know this is a, a Christian show we do here uh, in, in our station here. Do you think things like these internment camps and things may have even biblical prophetic implications? Well, you know, I get this all the time. I'm not the biblical scholar that many are. When, mm-hmm. I, get, when I write about Iran, I get people pointing out how my <laughs> writings really reflect Ezekiel in right. 37 mm-hmm. and 38. I get, I get many different people pointing to my writings and showing things that are either prophetic or biblical references to it. I'm always interested in that. Of course, you know, I'm Christian myself and I, you know, study the Bible, but I'm not a, I'm not a, some people who are scholars of the Bible devoted their whole lives to studying the Bible. I'm not going to compete with their knowledge and their abilities and their, you know, insight. Mm-hmm. So I'm certainly interested in all these things. And I think that we, my own intuition is that we are living in end times and we're living in, you know, biblically important times. I see that, for instance, with just with Israel, the state of Israel being formed in 1948. I was two years old when I was old enough to appreciate what had happened. You know, my, some of my first earliest intuitions as a child were that it was a biblical significance that Israel was mm-hmm. recreated. I mean, all these centuries, and there was no Israel, and suddenly there's a Jewish state again. And I'm two years old, and I realize I'm alive, and I'm saying this is biblically significant. Mm-hmm. That's all... What do, you, what do you think we can do as Americans once we know this information to best confront this development? Well, the, the, what I try to do in World Net Daily all the time is to publish, and, and in my books the same thing, is to publish and to get the information out there. It's why I emphasize so much the research, because I want this always to be credible. I want it to be able to be backed up. Even people who don't like what I'm writing... There's always a lot of them. 
I want them to be able to have to refute the sources I'm claiming and, and citing in addition to what I'm writing, because that's just me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that's an important point that people have to come to realize and appreciate, and that is that there are a lot of documentation in everything that I write. And I think that's why it makes such an impact on people, because when they read it, they can't just dismiss it. I always, you know, my articles in World Net Daily link to the sources. You can click on them. You can go see the articles I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I call people up. I interview them. I record the interviews. There's a big attempt that I make to really document everything I'm writing about. We're back at Future Quake headquarters with Dr. Future and uh, Tom, his mighty bassness, bionic. Mighty bassness? Yeah. Something fishy's going on here. I don't know what it is. Okay, we get it. camp. Yeah, I'm glad we take things serious around here. Here we are going to all be hauled off to camps and. Yeah, you know, folks, it's. I mean, I. They can't break our spirits. Yeah, I. I'm. You know, I'm. I'm sitting here talking and you know, kind of vamping here a little bit, for the benefit of just sort of continuity and everything. But this is not a laughing matter. This is a serious. Serious thing. Uh, a disgraced judge uh, who's now uh, a member of Congress has... Uh, Which is a good place for them to be. That's uh, the normal career path. Well, you know what they say about politics. Poly, meaning... It's a contraction. It means poly, meaning many, and then ticks, you know, meaning bloodsuckers. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this guy is, joking aside, this guy has introduced legislation to fund this, all of these camps... Uh, for internment, for Katrina-style quote-unquote disasters. Uh, but why are they on military bases, and why is that all going on? You know, we've heard reports from, uh, you know, guys like Brother Stump that there are, um, you know, there there were military people cruising around Broadway in a in a Humvee a couple of months ago, back in, I think it was mm-hmm. October or something like yeah. that. And people will think you're paranoid when you mention these kind of things mm-hmm. until one day when it's too late. Yeah, you know, uh, I found it interesting when we talked in this segment with uh, uh, with Dr. Corsi about um, the, the information about the pastors who are being recruited to mm-hmm. preach these sermons out of Romans 13 oh, about yeah. obeying authorities. Uh, and, get on and, YouTube and, and go ahead. he wasn't familiar with it. I was I was really shocked. I was kind of shocked, yeah. man. That's well, we may have to um, uh, pastor, uh go up and you get on YouTube and check out, or I guess Google and type in clergy response teams and mm-hmm. uh up will come various news articles and you know clips and stuff now what i saw was not just about um uh going there and helping in a crisis or no 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 this it's... was actually explicit about uh controlling people by telling them the bible says you need to comply and it was given bible passages and verses mm-hmm. they were supposed to preach from mm-hmm. and then it said if you join in if there's an emergency like bird flu or something, you'll, your family will get first dibs on food and medicine mm-hmm. since it's soon they'll be in short supply. I mean, that's that's like rumor kind of stuff till I saw the government documents itself. Wow. And I actually tracked down the uh, the pastor who was the first whistleblower on this mm-hmm. and uh, had some ideas on what part of the country it might be. Looked it up, and it was legit. Talked to him. He was a very uh, level-headed kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And he said, look, here's what they're talking about in our meetings. So, uh, you know, it's it's not something that's just made up. It's something that, uh, you know, I'm convinced it, is a reality. It's going and down. Now, now they're actually making uh, 
books with with sermons. FEMA is writing yeah. sermons for our churches. Well, I'd sure like to get a hold of that of those books. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if I. Can. I don't think you'd enjoy them though. I oh, think, I don't. I'm sure I, I wouldn't enjoy them. I but think I'd like your to current take them church and, has better sermons. I think they. I think they do as well. But I. I would like to take them and distribute them, and mm-hmm. show people what's going on. So right. Right. You know. And that's that's deception, mm-hmm. and just blatant deception. And I don't care what you're thinking is about the motives. If you if you have the feeling it's the best of intentions, using deception like this is never good. Of course not. And the Lord. The Lord never talked about deceiving people. That's right. And exploiting religion for the sake. Of course, the state has done that many times and and vice versa. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, we're coming up to the end here. Any last comments you got before we bring Merv in? I am not happy about all this. Okay. Well, put that officially on the record. Yes. Merv, not being happy. (laughs) Merv, come in here. Merv, would you come tell our listeners how they can contact us here on FutureQuake? Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we're in 10-second range. All right, man. Let's just get out of here. Just get out of here? Just get out of here. Okay, the last segment with Dr. Corsi will be tomorrow. But until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a great day. Ciao. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, the mighty Bassomatic Bionic. The second day of bass references. Yes. I wish you would finish it. <laughs> it slices. Or, it dices. Scale it down. A, scale it down a little bit. Boy, that was a great skit. You remember the bassomatic? Yeah, I remember the bassomatic. Yes. Mmm, <laughs> great bass. Actually, Napoleon Dynamite didn't he give a young lady a bass? He says, "Yeah, I got you something. It's a delicious bass." Yeah. Yeah. So there's a there's something hilarious about bass. I don't know what what it is. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, well, well, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say I hate to interrupt our bass references, but mm-hmm. I guess we should mention that we have Dr. Jerome Corsi yeah. on. We've actually got some sort of a show today. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and we're, we have a very very serious topic to talk about. Yeah. And uh, we just use this as a coping mechanism, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We, we face a lot of uh, intense kind of stuff. Can you imagine poor slobs like uh, Tom Bionic and I that? have to hear about all these horrible things you, you all go on about your life yeah enjoying nice wonderful things and we're mired in this kind of stuff yeah what was it past last week pastor dizdar talking about the uh the black wake awakening and the satanic super soldiers or something yeah that was super one of our more encouraging shows yeah gosh holy cow yeah and uh yeah, this week is this week is of course uh dr jerome corsi and his He's an investigative reporter uh, for WorldNet Daily, whom many of you guys probably read. And mm-hmm. we're doing the uh, recent ominous state actions toward Christians, uh, or civilian internment, rather. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about some of the stuff that he has uncovered, and it is 
It is rather scary. Well, you know, it's interesting. It is, it's not happy. In the last section where we talk about um, what our government is doing that might be a threat to our own citizens, and um, I, I, I sort of put him on a spot because I know he likes to stay focused on hard data, mm-hmm. hard investigations, mm-hmm. but... Um, I had reason to believe to understand that he was a Christian of mm-hmm. faith, and he, he, but he did confirm he that. He does, yeah. But uh, asked him what he thought about the prophetic implications of this. And while he did not know how all the minute details fit in with everything, he mm-hmm. mentioned that he understood that there were things going on that mm-hmm. may be suggested. Yeah, in the last well, he days. said, he says, he said, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm Bible believing, and I believe that we are in the end times. Mm-hmm. Although he doesn't count himself to be specifically a, a Bible scholar. Although there's stuff I know about him that would say that I'll bet he knows his Bible as well as anybody. Mm-hmm. He's just being gracious, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he does. I think he does probably recognize a lot of the significance of the things that he's reporting and the things that he's putting out. Mm-hmm. You know, wouldn't it be neat if him and Chris Pinto did a project together? Wow, that's heavy. Get their investigative work together. That'd be tough. I mean, they'd be like Cagney and Lacey against <laughs> the New World Order. Two women. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't mean to take it that far. Thelma and Louise? But I, just, I, mean, I think they'd be about? really... Yeah, Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> I think they would just do a fantastic job together. Yeah, well, maybe they could crack research. that... Uh, maybe they could crack that rumor that keeps surfacing around the Internet about the Masonic Temple under the, the Temple Mount there in well, Jerusalem. I tried to crack it myself, but... Yeah, but... Uh, could not get in. They were busy. Yeah, not like you. I mean, here you got all the way to the gate of Bohemian Grove. Yeah, well... Which, you know, have we ever asked Dr. Corsi about that? No. no. We, should, we should bring up Bohemian Grove with him. Next time he's on. Yeah, that's a good idea. In fact, that ought to be a place he ought to get into the inside of. Well, I don't think, uh, I think they would, I think that he has the credentials to be able to ask somebody to get in. Uh, but as soon as they saw that he worked for WorldNet Daily, they'd go, no way. Yeah, but what if I loaned him my ninja costume? Well, will he fit into it? I think so. I don't might know, be got, a little extra room in there for him. Yeah, I was going to say you got you got the big shoulders and the the biceps there. I would love to see Doctor Corsi in a ninja outfit myself. You, you, <laughs> it'd be hard to see because he'd be camouflaged, but you know. Yeah, he could ask him. I mean, it would be know. neat to see. Probably a lot of shows he's on don't even bring up that topic. The ninja costume? No, probably, I, I don't think so. And and what we could do is actually invite him in here to actually come and talk to our listeners and tell them what. What's on his mind? Yeah, there you go. If all else fails. Yeah. I know they, our listeners would like, miss our lively banter, but have no fear. We'll be back at the end to yeah. to, uh, to banter away. bring you more of this fine discussion. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, uh, here is the final segment of Dr. Jerome Corsi of WorldNet Daily uh, talking about his recent research on civilian internment camps that are actually being funded by our own government right now. So no further ado, here's Dr. Corsi. The... the uh, Development this past, I believe it was this past summer, uh, in Iowa, uh, where they had a large, large detainment, and they took over the fairgrounds in Iowa. Uh, they took over all the buildings, started over at the feds did, started completely overhauling the buildings, and the government, and we covered it on our show here, the government, the governor of the state tried to find out what the feds were up to, and the feds would not tell them. And the governor, you know, said this in the media that he could not find out what was going on, but they were completely overhauling building long-term uh, living quarters, things like that. And then they ended up do- doing one of these sting operations on a large factory and, and a lot of illegals and carted them off. But the scale of what they were doing certainly looked much more vast than, than the scale of what they did as far as just this one operation. Do you think any of these kind of things that are going on are just sort of 
test to see how the public responds to them or uh, just uh, sort of practice operations or something bigger that these camps could signify? Well, again, you know, I haven't researched that one, so I can't talk about it. But I think that in general, these motions, like when I take a look at Haskins' legislation to create these camps and other issues of that nature that come online, I mean, I, I can't see why they're being proposed or why they're being planned if there isn't some intent. I mean, a key principle I operate on is that nothing in government happens by accident. Mm-hmm. Right. There's always yeah. some intent. There's always some plan. There's always some reason. It's I, If you operate on the principle that things happen by accident, I think you're you're kind of doomed not to understand what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Well, it, but you'll be labeled a conspiracy theorist many times if you'll say, well, gee, this uh, this event was not random. It fits into an overall purpose or agenda. Uh, well, they can, they can call me conspiracy theorist and all the rest of it. I mean, they've been called about everything you can imagine to call a person anyway because whenever I write something that, you know, they, the people don't agree with, they want to call you a name. So I'm pretty used to being called a name. Mm-hmm. It doesn't particularly <laughs> affect me one way or the other. Yeah. I couldn't care less. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, but the point is that if you take the position that what's happening in politics is happening for a reason, then what you got to do is you got to sit back and say, well, what could be the reason? Now, that's why I'm saying if there was no plan or need for detention camps on a massive scale – then why are we having inter- inter- you know, legislation introduced calling for the creation of detention camps? So there's got to be something out there that says we need detention camps. Mm-hmm. And then when I call up Hastings' office who proposed the legislation, I said, what do you have in mind? And they tell me, well, you know, this could be because we are you know, worried about another Katrina, and that doesn't make any sense. Any explanation I'm given that doesn't make any sense, I don't buy. Right. I think I'm being lied to on purpose. Mm-hmm. Are, 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 are you at liberty to share with us at all any other means you have by which to, to dig into this story further? Well, it's, I always use the same means. I mean, I kind of fearlessly call people up and ask them questions. I call the White House. I call senators. I call congressmen. There's nobody I won't call as a reporter from World Net Daily. Mm-hmm. And so I dig into the stories and get the sources to respond or not respond, and I draw the conclusions mm-hmm. based upon what I'm told. Have you had any congressmen or major media figures on TV, for example, who have been willing to take up the cause from what you've exposed and well, to I, also try to I, dig for answers? I think you've got several. I mean, I think Ron Paul has been very responsive to the things I've written. I mean, I met Ron Paul during the presidential campaign last year, and he asked me for a signed copy, an autographed copy of the late, great USA, which I more than happily gave him. And I said, you know, but Congressman Paul, you could have written this book. This is, you know, we're so much in agreement on these issues of North American integration and you know, mm-hmm. New World Order and mm-hmm. the need, you know, the pushing to come towards a globalist, you know, New World Order and you and I are identical in how we see these issues. I mean, I have argued and want to get rid of the Federal Reserve just like Ron Paul does. I think we need to go back to constitutional uh, principles. And so there are many in Washington who do see the reality of what's going on. Uh, The problem with most 
senators and congressmen is that they are, you know, they get very comfortable looking for campaign contributions, and they're always worried about next year's election. Mm -hmm. And they're cowards. Yes, well, they... (laughs) Don't sugarcoat about your future. (laughs) They're there because they, you know, have kind of been able to attract enough voters, and they've taken some middle road, typically, and they're not going to do anything except to be balanced in the middle. It's why it's so hard to tell the Democrats and the Republicans apart. It's like the pigs and the farmers. Yeah. You know, and, and people who think that, well, President Obama, now that's, you know, I think President Obama is a extreme leftist socialist, but he's an extreme leftist socialist globalist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can get that George W. Bush was on the right, but he was also a globalist. So in terms of when it comes to down to globalism, they're both in agreement. It's hard to tell them apart. Right. It's in the in the one-party system that we have. Uh, <clears throat> you know, this sounds like, when you're talking about the paralysis of other congressional people to address these threats, it sounds like of a, of a discourse that I actually watched a clip of with Oliver North uh, when he was testifying before a congressional committee. And someone asked him about, I believe it was Rex the Rex 84, 84 yeah. program, right. about this alternative government and... Uh, taking over and detaining citizens and things, and, uh, uh, you know, his advisors talking to him. And then Daniel Inouye, I believe, said that, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Congressman, you're not authorized to know about that program. And and that sent a chill down my spine because, that, to me, that really suggests that there was a subset within our government that already has the reins of knowing what's going on, and the rest of it is, is just mere shadow puppets. Well, that's always been a concern. And, you know, there's just no way to know or um, you know, address it without, you know, for sure. You know, I mean, it, it's just always a possibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I know you got to leave in a couple of minutes, but uh, talking about some of these kind of groups that we've mentioned, there's something I've been wanting to ask you about because your name came up in another show that we had with another guest. We, sure. we had Chuck Missler on uh, a while back and. He's a great guest, and uh, you know, we've, great been, guy. we've yeah. been fans of his, and uh, we have a lot of our listeners are big fans of his, too. But he happened to mention, um, he, he brought your name up, you know, in, in great affection, and mentioned that you all had met at a Council on National Policy meeting. Yes, correct. We had been doing some little bit of uh, informal research uh, for some time on that group, and, and uh, we know that there was uh, folks like Tim LaHaye and a lot of the big stars in evangelical circles, basically virtually all the big names, were involved in that uh, group. And I know it's been called the uh, Christian version of the Council on Foreign Relations. But I have to tell you, some of the things that they do uh, cause me a little concern. And I don't know the details of how they operate, but I, as I understand it, their basic principles is that they don't let people know the either the content of their discussions or even who attends the meetings and, and, and even keep out uh, most of the Christian media, uh, independent media, for coming in and covering it. And to me, it sounds more like a Bilderberg group than anything else as far as the secrecy that on goes in it. And it creates a lot of distrust, particularly amongst Christians, uh, because uh, we're always known as people who, like Jesus, are doing things out in the open. Uh, and uh, this just didn't sound like uh, the kind of thing I would expect of them. And, in fact, even the way that I understood they treated uh, uh, the Constitution Party and Chuck Baldwin, uh, you know, a pastor uh, trying to be able to have an audience with them, uh, you know, to get their support, particularly when you have candidates on both parties who really do not espouse traditional evangelical values. And, and we find they sort of basically are trying to push one political 
political party as uh, is, is, is the main goal, it appears, of, of this group. Can you tell us a little bit about this group and maybe set the well, record straight with us? It's a, uh, it's a group that meets, and um, the press are not there, but I don't think it's a matter of all that much secrecy. There's nothing much. Uh, the Council on National Policy is probably more aligned with the Republican Party than certainly I am. I'm not aligned right. with the Republican mm-hmm. Party at all. You've yeah. been out on the record on that. You're very clear on yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think the um, – I don't think there's anything all that nefarious about a group of Christians getting together, you know, working together without the media there because it's almost self-defense anymore. I mean, it's like just an opportunity to work in some kind of a setting where you can talk to people who are of like mind and work out similar issues. I mean, I'm sure if you want to come to one, I'll have you invited to one. I mean, it's not a big deal. It's not a big secret. And uh, well, they're, not, okay. they're not all that much of a, um, you know, of a, of a closed group. I think the meetings are typically closed so that they can be more thorough discussion of issues, but it's the same things that are said otherwise. There's no secret mm-hmm. agenda going on, I can assure you of that. Right. Nothing said at any Council of National Policy member or meeting I've ever been at that hasn't been said equally and in the same exact way in public. Right. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, I would really like to take you up on that. In fact, yeah. that would probably fire up the future quick Learjet. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> get, bionic too. Get, get, yeah. get right over there to it. I think the only thing I'd have a problem with is I'd, I'd hate to not to be able to share with my uh, listeners what was there. I'd hate for them to think I was... Uh, after after preaching against secrecy so long on this show, I'd hate for them to think that I had gone over to some other side. The dark side. Uh, you know, I know a lot of these people have been um, leaders in the evangelical world and have, have done great things and uh, done much for the kingdom. But I just just some of us worry out here sometimes when things are done in secret and in quiet that it starts looking like other people who we choose to differentiate ourselves from. And I'm talking about from, well, from Christian. Well, I understand your concerns. I just think that in this particular case, they're kind of unfounded. Mm-hmm. And you can probably resolve that by going to a meeting or two or joining the group if you mm-hmm. wanted to. And, and you haven't found that uh, uh, other groups try to really influence uh, these, the, the kind of people there, the discussions, or even foreign governments or other people like that actually influence I mean, these things? Nothing I've, certainly, well, I, I, whatever I've said at those meetings, I've said elsewhere, and I think that's generally hmm. the case. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that there's no secret agenda. It's 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 a Christian agenda. The Christian agenda is openly proclaimed anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. H- has there been any kind of breakthrough for them to look beyond just pushing one political party candidate, particularly when they're strongly against evangelicalism, like uh, John McCain was? You know, he he called evangelicals agents of intolerance, uh, but yet they strongly, pr- pr- you know, pushed him, and and even I think we're vetting even some of the uh, VP candidates at the time. Is is there any openness there, or a growing where people are looking at more constitutional threats? Trouble, trouble the Constitution Party had was that they weren't going to win, and I supported them. I continue to support them because of my ideological beliefs. I couldn't support John McCain, mm-hmm. but you know the idea that. We couldn't get – it was very – the last election was a very frustrating election because I stayed true to my ideological point of view, and I made that clear when I wrote Abomination. Uh, and I made that clear in all my appearances. I wasn't supporting John McCain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, the McCain campaign may have been disappointed by that, but I never had any contact with the McCain campaign. Uh, other groups have, you know – made other decisions. They wanted to try to win. They didn't want Obama in. I mean, 
I certainly regret that Obama's in. It's just that the Republican Party is going to have to become more of a conservative party in order to get my allegiance again. And a constitutional party, a, a, a right. limited government party, a freedom of citizens party. And, you know, it's possible that the movement coming up in state sovereignty from the states is going to push in that direction. But um, so far, it hasn't yet told, I mean, it would be very interesting to see tonight Bobby Jindal's speech after yeah, President no Obama kidding. speaks. And I think we've got a new group of governors coming up here. Governor Sanford looks pretty interesting. There's several. I mean, I think um, Sarah Palin's a very bright force in the Republican Party. The Republican Party doesn't have to be the party of John McCain and Lindsey Graham. If it is, it doesn't have a future. Right, right. Well, I know you've got to leave in about two minutes. We want to honor our commitment for the the next uh, stop. I've got to go. The next stop you have. Any last words for our listeners on what we need to be keeping an eye on? No, I I just take a look. Take a look at my late great USA. That's a new new edition out there. It's about a third of the price. Okay. Got that new epilogue in it. I want to make sure everybody who hasn't read it now knows they've got an opportunity to read the paperback, same book, with the new epilogue. And I'm writing this newsletter, this redalert.wnd, for World Net Daily, redalert.wnd.com every week. And I encourage people to take a look at it. We'll be putting that link on our website. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank you for coming. I know you're incredibly in demand, but uh, would you be willing to, to every once in a blue moon come back and oh, update sure, us here? Uh, well, God bless you in your work. We we uh, we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we support what you're doing, and uh, we we'd love to have you back anytime. I'll be happy to come back. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for asking. God bless you, you in your work. Take care. Thank have a good evening. Much. God bless you too. Mm-hmm. Bye bye. We're back here at the Future Quake uh, Studios mm-hmm. with Doctor Future and Tom. Insert fish reference here. Bionic. Is this the last day of the fish references? We'll have to see what comes on tomorrow. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. You got You get something, man. And like that hook is just not you, setting you anymore. You got to go with it, you know. Yeah. Well, heart strikes, but nothing. That no. was the end of Doctor Jerome Corsi. Not in, of this world, but I yeah, mean for not, this interview. Not metaphysically, just uh, right. our end of the time to talk about. Right. He had bigger fish to fry. Mm-hmm. Probably some Masonic lodge yeah. discussion yeah. group he had to go to, or something like that. Or. Yeah, big on that. Big on that, yes. Well, we talked a bunch about all sorts of stuff. You know, uh, I would encourage our audience actually to uh, check out the YouTube clip that he mentioned. Uh, just get on YouTube and type in JFK warns about secret societies. It's right there. Yeah. You know what? You know what would be a great little sort of afternoon melange for the... Uh, you know what? By the way, if you, people watch that, then they're going to have to accuse JFK of being part of a of a conspiracy theory. Conspiracy theorist. You know how people who say this kind of stuff are those nutty conspiracy theorists? Mm-hmm. Well, they'll have to add JFK to the list because he's saying the same thing. It's that, true. That's like true. What we do. Well, as I was saying, what you might want to do is have a little weekend afternoon uh, or just, you know, a weekday melange of sort of uh, uh, of different uh, YouTube clips. Get on there and type in JFK. Get on YouTube and it's type melange in. that stuff that's on top of pie, that like whipped egg stuff. Yeah, it's really good, isn't okay. it? Okay. Mmm, melange. Okay. <laughs> There's a bunch of English teachers screaming at their, yeah. <laughs> at their radios right now. Sorry. Um, uh, type in JFK warns about secret societies. And, and then you'll hear him warning about secret societies. And then you'll see JFK in, in an address that was put out just shortly before his death, uh, warning about secret societies. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you may want to go and type in 
Bohemian Grove exposed and uh, watch some of the clips there. Mm-hmm. There's, I think there's seven of them on all uh, about that kind of will bring you through that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you might want to type in Bilderberg or uh, Daniel Estelin mm-hmm. and check out that and, and uh, uh, do all that. Um, you know, and I've been, I've actually been coming online and there's a whole bunch of other secret societies that we have no idea about. Uh, there's the Rancheros. I guess hence their secret. Yeah, there's the Rancheros there in Santa Barbara, which are the elite okay. of Bohemian Grove. Do they drive those uh, Ford pickup trucks? No. Okay. They, they are, battle the El Caminos. No, they actually they actually have like a little trail ride thing where everybody gets on horses and they drink a lot. How diabolical, dude! It's well from some of the stuff that I've read. It's pretty weird. Hmm. It is a pretty weird. They get on horses and drink a lot. Yeah. Do they like fire off firearms and like is it fire water? They no, drink? but no, but there's a lot of setting of national policy and international agreements that go on on this trail ride, and uh, there's all sorts of other weird stuff that I've read about people dressing up at like bulls and. You know, this reminds me know. of a movie made for TV movie when I was a kid called Pray for the Wild Cats, where uh, it was a really popular movie where. I had William Shatner and Margot Gortner and some other guys. William Shatner. And they ran a uh, advertising agency, and they were trying to get the big account of uh, Andy Griffith's company. And so sort of doing like a little uh, event to do, you know, to mm-hmm. team building. They, they organized a motorcycle ride across the Baja. And, uh, wow. So their wives all said, you know, they called themselves the Wildcats. And so anyway, they found out Andy Griffith was really evil, and he ended up doing stuff that ends up getting them all killed. And at the very end, he's going to go. He's going to go like knock over William Shatner off his motorcycle, go over a cliff, and he misses him, and then he goes over a cliff. Hmm. So, wow, they could have been in the Ranchero, as far as I know. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm doing more research on them, but they're pretty diabolical. On the Wildcats? Uh, no, on the Rancheros. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, sounds very similar to me. Well, the Rancheros, you know, there's. Well, can I mention one thing before we leave here in a few seconds? Speaking of uh, speaking of evil diabolical people, Brandon right? Murph. No, no. we're not bringing <laughs> that evil person yet. Yeah. Um, we we brought up this whole thing with the CNP. Yeah, the I'm glad he talked about that. Actually. Well, I'm glad I asked him. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, it's something I want to know where he stood on things like that, and it was nice he offered for us to go there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how did he know that we're not already part of the inner circle? I think it's pretty obvious. Well, <laughs> you know. We may know things he doesn't know. You guys are obviously know nothings, and <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, that hurts. Jerome Corsi is very—he's been very, very gracious coming he's, on the show. He's a great guy. Yeah. And if we are know nothings, he doesn't remind us of it. No, he has not once done that. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of know nothings, we need to bring Merv in. Yeah. To tell our listeners how to contact us here at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com. Suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, it's all she wrote for today. Hasta la pasta. Yeah, you could say that again. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for putting up with us. I know we had a little extra time here, and yeah. uh, you had to tolerate us. We hope you enjoyed our uh, time together. And it, 
it, it a little bit of a sweet levity helps the the bitter medicine of sometimes our content mm-hmm. go down. So, yeah. with no further ado, we got to say goodbye. Uh, come back tomorrow for our show. Until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Thursday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. How long is the fish thing going to go? Don't buy on it. You know what's interesting? You're doing this music to Jaws. Anybody ever called you that? Jaws? Yeah. Once or twice. Jabber Jaws. Jabber Jaws. Wasn't that the... Turn the uh, volume down. The, the cartoon. Turn the volume down. I have Turn no idea down. what you're referring to. Oh, I'm referring to... Uh, uh, it's a synthesis of what you said and uh, uh, a gentleman that I uh, like had a genetic, some business interaction with. Genetic recently. hybrid? Yeah. Huh, okay. You and uh, Dr. Future combined with uh, Lalf Ranley. Oh no! Here we go again. You yeah. know, you keep doing that, and somebody's gonna come after us. Yeah. Seriously. Really? Yeah. Oh, no, come on. Yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, hi, listeners. I forgot you're you're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, listeners, this is uh, again Doctor Future and Tom Bionic, and yeah. uh, uh, we're actually recording a radio show right now called Future Quake. Are these mics on? Uh, yes, they are. <laughs> um, you know, that's why we always have to have a guest to fill up almost all yeah. the time because yeah, yeah. We're, we really can't be trusted when we have a little bit of our own individual airtime. It gets to be too crazy, you know. I Mostly mean, just handling Friday is good enough for us. But uh, Dr. Corsi, uh, mm-hmm. while we have had him scheduled for some time and uh, we really appreciate his time, uh, mm-hmm. he's got 18 things going at once, so he can mm-hmm. only spare roughly about 45 minutes of uh, on-air time with us. So uh, that meant Thursday gave us an opportunity here. Yeah. To do something a little different. Talk about the future of Future Quake. Yeah. Um, what I would try to call a wish list mm-hmm. or or if I have a dream about uh, some guests and topics that we'd like to talk about this year. Free we always ask our listeners. Free at last. And by the way, let me just give you something I forgot to mention last week. I'll tell you mm-hmm. a piece of trivia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the middle um, Wednesday show of last week mm-hmm. was the 300th original broadcast of Future Quake. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 that has dun, nothing dun, to do dun, with sharks whatsoever. It's awesome. I don't know. I would have. It, it's awesome. I really. I think three hundred. Yeah, three hundred. Can you believe that? I can hardly believe it. Can you believe there's so little quality programming on the radio that they let us that roll? They've tolerated. Three, yeah. Yeah. Well, we would like to. I mean, we could even get think, on public access. We'd like to very much thank uh, uh, WENO for. Having WENO us is wonderful. Yeah. They're wonderful, godly people who love the Lord, mm-hmm. and um, they took a little chance with us, and uh, hopefully, it has paid off for them. We know we we just love them for it, and man. we praise the Lord for them. Yeah, you know, as crazy as we act here, uh, you all who listen regular regular Futurians know we handle a lot of serious topics here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have heard a lot of reports via email and other things. That a lot of people have really been blessed over the last mm-hmm. four years. And actually, we're coming in just a couple of weeks up to the end of our fourth year and beginning our fifth year uh, on air. Continuous broadcasting on air, mm-hmm. Future Quake. 
handling all of the difficult topics that, that almost all Christian radio shows will never discuss. Yeah. And uh, sometimes we have to be a little silly just as a coping mechanism. Just avoid get the nerve, through it all, Avoid man. the nervous holy, breakdown. Holy shamoly, it's dark. And, and uh, we've, this week was no exception on the show that we had this week. But uh, we thought we'd spend a little bit of time on our show today talking about some mm-hmm. topics, even some guests, uh, that we'd like to have for the upcoming year. Mm-hmm. We have our listeners send us a lot of topics. Some of our best shows have been from people that are um, listeners have mm-hmm. emailed us. You ought to said, "Why don't you ought to get this such and such mm-hmm. on?" And we check them out. And uh, Carl Madeiras yeah, was a that was great recommendation. Um, I'd Russ, like to have Russ Brother D- Carl back. Brother Carl could yeah. come back. Yeah. Um, uh, Russ Isdar was a recommendation. One of our listeners suggested having him. Really? And on and on. Yeah. Wow. Uh, actually, several uh, of our listeners uh, mm. had been listening to to Brother Russ. Mm-hmm. So we have a bunch of other guests that w- were uh, on our show just merely because our listeners recommended them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we still have another list, and I appreciate you all being patient out there. We we try to get through that list as quickly as we can. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a long list, though. I'll be honest. Time permits, I'm over uh, here looking at it, and there's got to be 50 names on that. Well, I, I tell you what. Sometimes I wonder. I think have we covered every topic? That's possible mm-hmm. in four full years of being on the air of really meaningful, you know, topics mm-hmm. and things like that. We, we don't want to be on the air just to be on the air. We feel like we have a mission uh, to talk about things that are impacting people's lives, particularly uh, Christians from a Christian viewpoint, mm-hmm. uh, that they're not hearing addressed on other shows. Mm-hmm. And um, but you know, sometimes you feel like, boy, every week you've you've just you've covered just about everything mm-hmm. significant. Uh, and when I start thinking that way and start jotting down some people that we had thought about or seen reference to or something interesting, actually, we, we still have a list of great guests, even mm-hmm. just all brand new people. And one of the things I'll say, just to toot our horn a little bit, unlike some shows you may hear on the Internet or elsewhere, um, they will you know, be prolific in their shows, but often they have rotate the same guest. Mm-hmm. Maybe like every week, the same yeah. people. You know, you know there's every month. Yeah, you know, I do a lot of working from home these days, and uh, there is uh, that's one of the complaints I have. I flip on the internet radio, and it's like, man, I heard him last week. Yeah, come on. Yeah, man. and it's hard. It's hard to get programming. I mean, I certainly understand how hard it is mm-hmm. to get new, fresh information, but we try our best. It it helps in, in the fact that we only have to do one one interview a week. Uh, mm-hmm. which is all we could handle, basically, when you add all the editing and website upkeep and everything. Mm-hmm. But um, we we have one major guest a week. We we try to – mostly it will fill up four days of the week mm-hmm. with our interview. And um, uh, But what we've tried to do is to constantly have a variety. And if I would explain our show, I think we have several camps of the Futurians. We have mm-hmm. people who are into uh, – uh, maybe New World Order kind of stuff. We have people who are into Bible prophecy, mm-hmm. uh, people who are, you know, into the economics or politics or mm-hmm. these kind of things. And, and ne- so then we have the Nephilim camp. Then the Nephilim <laughs> camp, you know, which spreads across to all of them. Yeah. But um, I want to thank all of you all for being patient because we try to get a mixture of guests that speak to different segments of our audience. Mm-hmm. And uh, w- w- what I think you'll find is even if you're not – initially interested in one of these topics if you listen a few times you'll develop an interest yeah you know it's interesting one of the greatest compliments that i have gotten from one of our listeners was was i never know what you guys are going to cover but at the end of the show i'm always fascinated with it really yeah he said you guys just that is a cool that is a cool cool yeah he just said he said you know i just never know what the heck you guys are doing 
It's like mm. one week it's aliens and one week it's the New World Order. And the other next week it's like, you know, human trafficking. And the next week it's more aliens. And the next mm -hmm. week it's like... Raising young ladies and families. And then the next week it's, you know... Uh, super satanic sleeper soldiers and <laughs> mm -hmm. just like and then sometimes they're like real serious uh yeah. disturbing stuff and then you get the heavy stuff on right then after know? that that's right um <clears throat> well that's that's a wonderful compliment mm -hmm. that that's uh sort of what we hope to accomplish to educate people on things you may not be mm -hmm. aware of stuff that when you first hear it you might be reaching for the dial saying oh that's too much that's too over the top mm -hmm. until you hear somebody just like when we had Joe Jordan on talking about his ministry to people who that was a great uh, show, wasn't you know, it? Um, say they've had abduction experiences. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And most people would just laugh at that and say, that's ridiculous. But mm -hmm. I know many people emailed us said, that totally changed my whole view of things, having heard that. You yeah. know, I yeah. felt there was real credibility in, mm -hmm. in what happened there. Mm -hmm. And that's happened numerous times here. But let me mention a few people. And, in fact, I may mention some names here. And these are people that, in some cases, I'm not even contacted yet. So okay. well, the the listeners will hear before uh, the guest will. Well, there you go. But some people that we're thinking about, just to give you examples of the kind of topics yeah. and people we're thinking about uh, covering. Mm -hmm. There's a um, pastor out there that uh, has been on uh, – uh, Stan Monteith show, and he's been good to email us. That mm -hmm. does a lot of similar work to uh, Russ Dizdar. His name is Pastor Doug Riggs, and he's somebody we're trying to get him yeah. lined up. He does a lot of things in spiritual warfare, and mm -hmm. we're just trying to get the exact topic work, uh, lined up. Mm -hmm. So we'll be having some more similar discussions uh, like that. Mm -hmm. And also, there's a gentleman who I've come across, and this will relate a little bit to uh, an upcoming show on uh, disclosure about government disclosure about. UFO, mm -hmm. an extraterrestrial thing. This gentleman's a journalist by the name of Richard Farley, mm -hmm. and he is a guy who uh, has gotten on the inside of knowing what the government knows about UFO stuff. Mm. It seems like a very credible kind of guy, but he also uh, worked directly with uh, Lawrence Rockefeller oh, great. Uh, and the human potential movement that was funding all this and what they were trying to do as far as like new religion kind of stuff. Wow. So I'm trying to track him down to get him on our show. Um, and there's some other people related to that. There's another gentleman he worked with on Disclosure that has an organization called PEACE. It's an acronym, P-E-A-C-E. There's some interesting characters in that thing. I, I wow. never, you know, until just recently, really wasn't super interested in the UFO thing one way or the other. But I'm finding that it's becoming more and more apparent. It's kind of like it's going to have something to do with this. Yeah, it's almost thing. like this weird linchpin. Whether it's know? whether it's like legitimate, whether it's some kind of hoax thing, whether it's you know demons uh, acting as something else, there's going to be some component in the end time scenario where mm -hmm. it comes up. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be used for evil's purposes to uh, perpetuate. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, a gentleman who I just came across been trying to get on our show. Hopefully, we'll have him this year. Is Dr. Erwin mm -hmm. Lutzer? Yeah, we've uh, talked about that. Pastor Moody Church. That. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, he's just written a book called uh, Oprah. What how's it go? Oprah, the the New Earth and Miracles. Mm -hmm. And it's basically about these people who've written these books like A Course in Miracles mm -hmm. and uh, and other famous ones that she's had on and really promote on her show. Mm -hmm. And just talks about the incredible influence that uh, she, uh, she has on like 20, 30 million people, up to 50 million people a day mm -hmm. uh, that listen to her new religion that she's espousing. Boy, that is crazy stuff. Well, and I read his book. Out? I read his book. And... It is. It's not even soft pedaled. It is so anti-Christian. It def it defies uh, Jesus' divinity. Mm -hmm. It defies the cross, uh, blood atonement. I mean, it goes right in and just says, you know, it's all like it's blasphemous. Mm -hmm. And um, she's got to be probably one of the most effective 
religious people right now. Mm-hmm. And what she's espousing, neutralizing, the number of people that she's reaching. Yeah, neutralizing Christianity and uh, bringing in people who are on the fence, mm-hmm. bringing them over to the dark side. Really. And I I put my ninja costume on the other day at the National Religious Broadcasters meeting and went over and cornered Dr. Lutzer before he knew what hit him. <laughs> Was he a karate chopper? And, what uh, that and next best thing, I gave him a card oh, and uh, told him I want him on a show. So I'm going to see mm-hmm. if we can get him lined up very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a show like that. Um, one of our guests, uh, almost everyone I have lined up is uh, someone brand new to our show. Oh, great. But somebody who's a favorite of our show, and I don't like to wear these people out, but there's a topic we haven't fully really expressed with him, and that's William Grigg. Mm-hmm. And that's something he writes a whole lot about, but we just not really talked in detail. Mm-hmm. And that is about the real threat of the emerging police state. Boy, and that's something that he could speak at length on. He's he oh. does, he's done a very good job of like exposing that every uh, dimension, every dimension yeah. and facet. I'll even I'll even give a little shout out shout out about uh, his uh, website. It's uh, freedominourtime.blogspot.com, mm-hmm. and um, he's got a great, fascinating series called um, what is it? Uh, the Rubicon in the Rearview. It's kind of an ongoing yeah. series that he writes. Uh, you'll have to scroll through the older posts, but I recommend now, that. Let, let me just tell you about his writing. You will probably, if you are a traditional, evangelical, right-wing, whatever, like a lot of us come from in our background, uh, you may find a few things that have firstly cast you as offensive because he will challenge some of our assumptions that we made, some of the associations that we've made. Um, he is a faithful follower of Jesus Christ, uh, you know, strong Bible-believing Christian, but he asked some questions that need to be asked, and I have really been challenged by what he's had to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is a real treasure and a great writer, but yeah. very satirical. I mean, he has a good satirical. It's right, like reading Gulliver or something. <laughs> very. You know. He has a way with the word, and uh, so you just have to be prepared mm-hmm. for him. So that that's something I'd like for him to uh, to talk about. Um, I still would like to get some folks uh, regarding a gentleman who I want to get on our show, and unfortunately. Uh, he uh, passed away from us uh, this last fall before I was able to get him. But I'm talking with folks in his organization to talk about his his work, Dr. Frank Strangis. Are you familiar with him? I've heard the name, but I don't recall what he does. He's a very He was a very interesting gentleman. He was mm-hmm. a pastor. Mm-hmm. He went and spoke at a lot of churches. Mm-hmm. Back in the 60s, about an extraterrestrial he met by the name of Valiant Thor. Oh, yeah, the Valiant Thor guy. And, yeah, uh, in fact, yeah, a very yeah, close yeah. friend of mine went and heard him speak at his church back in that era. And I remember reading things when I was a kid about this guy. And mm-hmm. it was always amazing. He wrote a book called Stranger at the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. And it'll be one of those kind of shows where you'll just sort of have to take it for what it is. If we get it worked on, mm-hmm. it'd just be interesting information. Yeah, yeah. And maybe some of you have heard of this, and it just, in the back of your memory, some of our older members are Futurians, uh, and you're saying, oh, yeah, I think I remember something about that. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a little retro show uh, with yeah. that a little bit. You know who, one person I'd like to throw into the list there, uh, he's probably on the list, but it's too He far. probably has to be thrown. Well, he's he's kind of a heavy guy, I don't know, he might yeah. beat me up, is uh, G. Edward Griffin. He probably wouldn't like being called heavy either. Well, that's probably true. You know, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. What are you talking about, Willis? Have you ever heard the song, He Ain't Heavy? He's my No. The Hollies? Missed it. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Missed it, man. Oh, Sorry. come on. It's a long, long When did it come out? For which there is no return. When did that come out? Oh, I don't know. 
1970 something. I don't know, give yeah. or take a couple of years. I I don't, I I am anything after 78. I'm responsible for anything before 78 is extra credit. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you older futurians, I bet you had a good chuckle over that one. <laughs> Give him a hard time I on the email list. I don't even know the song. <laughs> uh, you were talking about G. Edward Griffin. Yeah. He's on our list. Oh, a creature from Jekyll the Island. Creature, and he's not the creature. He wrote about it. Yeah. He's also got a... Um, He's also got an organization that's a wonderful man. That. Yeah. He's a wonderful Very man. Good guy. Uh, that book is also one that people say totally changes their worldview when they read The Creature from Jekyll I Island. I can attest to About that the foundation of our Federal Reserve. Yeah. You know, he actually did some interviews with a guy named... You're losing your voice. <clears throat> I'm sorry, folks. Excuse me. We did do a lot of talking this week. Yeah. Well, uh, he did some interviews with a, a defected KGB agent back in the 80s. I wonder if he's still around. The guy's name was uh, Bezmanov. And the guy, uh, he was, Besmanov's big thing was was destroying uh, uh, destroying the fabric of America from within, uh, you know, using psycho- yeah. uh, psychological stuff. And, you know, he went mm-hmm. and uh, uh, checked out the, like, the mind control stuff in the 60s from, uh, like, all the, the Buddhists or the, uh, the Hindu people out there in India and mm-hmm. how, you know, all these, all these stars would come and flock to him and he... He's got pictures with them all, like sitting next to the Beatles with a shirt like off. Like Maharishi Yogi? Yeah, kind of all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And a bunch of other stuff. Very meditation. interesting. Well, he is a wonderful gentleman, excellent research, mm-hmm. and that book is a classic. Oh, the creature to say from the least. Jekyll Island. And uh, we sure hope to have him on. Also, uh, we're trying to get Mr. Perkins on from Confessions of an Economic Hitman. That would be great. He's he's very um he's very new age, but he has some fascinating details. But his work in being an agent of groups like the World Bank mm-hmm. to try to uh, get third world countries under the spell and mm-hmm. under the tyranny of being an uh, agent death. of cultural destruction. Yeah, yeah. I think by even his own admission, he would he would cop to that. Well, someone who has promised to return after their first visit, because it was a truncated visit, uh, was Linda Moulton Howe. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got to talking a little bit about uh, her research, and she is a very legitimate researcher. I mean, mm-hmm. She's very good on just the facts. Uh, but her work on uh, reports people have had of evidence left over of some kind alien, of unidentified something, alien, alien whatever, or something, yeah. um, but the, so she said some very mysterious things at the end of our last show. Oh, yeah, that for, was weird. The government. And, and she recommended that I get her book to read a little bit more about it, and she would come back on. And I got the book, mm-hmm. read it about the basically the, the religion or the spirituality of what these beings are telling people, mm-hmm. and uh, want to have her back. That's great. To, uh, yeah. to discuss this further. Um, I'd particularly like to talk to her about the Red Rain of Kerala. That's um, mm-hmm. which is uh, she's done a lot of research. Yeah, on. that's that's one. That's of in India, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Um, to to give you a quick to give you a quick two seconds, there was at some point a couple of years ago, this rain fell out of the sky that uh, they did some tests on, and it was you know when it was falling, it was bright red, kind of blood red, and nobody could figure it out. And they went and tested it, and it wasn't just water, red water. There was mm-hmm. it, it had some type of cellular. Something to it, and nobody could figure out exactly what it was. Scientists tried to dismiss it as uh, some type of a, um, like, uh, dust from Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. or something. And uh, Kerala is always very interested me heavily. I'd like to go there someday and check it out because uh, tradition holds that Thomas of the, um, you know, the Bible, you know, Doubting Thomas, mm-hmm. Thomas took uh, himself and 70 families to Kerala uh, spreading the gospel. 
and was pierced there with a Brahmin sword. Um, all of that is all of that is not in the Bible, but you can go there and find these pre-Nicene, pre-anything creeds that have sort of a mix of Judaism and Christianity. You know, it's almost like mm. a Judaic sort of a thing with uh, recognizing the Messiah has come there mm. amongst all of these other Hindu religions. It's Amazing. totally fascinating. Amazing. Oh, yeah. It's just be a great place for us to do our show. Uh, Actually broadcast yeah. from Kerala. Yeah. They're, they're also famous for deadly whirlpools. People get sucked into whirlpools there on the coast all the time. Really? Yeah. That'd okay. be something else to check out. Probably goes to another dimension or something. It's a fascinating. I tell you, I'd love to go there. If I was okay. a Bible researcher, I'd get some money and go. Oh. And they have, supposedly, they have some of the oldest manuscripts known that are uh, passed around that they won't mm-hmm. let anybody see because they recognize how valuable they are. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's totally fascinating. They're yeah. written in, their manuscripts written in both Greek and Syriac. So what the heck is a, what the heck are Kerala Christians doing with Syriac manu- manuscripts? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But it seems like to me if it's, if they have that much of a um, commitment to the sacredness of these ancient text mm-hmm. they should be keeping an archive of future quake shows there oh i'm sure we're very heavy millennia. i'm sure we're big in kerala <laughs> yeah it's that, that kind of clientele <laughs> we appeal to yeah uh well there's one guy who i think might be even a little far out for uh russ dizdar no that would be william schnoblin uh we really want yeah. to get him on yeah and uh i may have to get you to uh, help with that i met william schnoblin at the first ancient of days conference mm-hmm. And of all of the mind-blowing information, I mean, it was lots of it. When you got guys like David Flynn speaking there and Mike mm-hmm. Heiser, his was the most mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. His was the most incredible. Uh, he has se- several uh, roles in uh, Chris Pinto's documentaries, but we'd really like to get him on the show. I've been trying to get a hold of him mm-hmm. to get him on the show, and maybe you and I both can work on maybe him. Maybe double-team him. Yeah. I wrote read a book of his called Space Invaders that had about every extreme thought we've ever had. Like ten of them per page. I think you told me you were going to give me that book. Let me borrow it. And and we were talking about it. And you said it takes the cake as far as weirdness. The most weirdness density per page. Yeah. uh, Density quotient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we hope to have him on uh, too. Uh, He's a wonderful believer in the Lord. Has a deliverance ministry Mm -hmm. uh, as well too. Uh, There's a there's a host of um, interesting people I heard at the IIHS conference. Mm Mm-hmm. That I hope to get on, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Mm. Uh, we're going to have them on. I'd like for our guests to hear some of their teaching and see yeah, what they think do, about them, too. Maybe do a little bit of an expose, if you will. Well, we're just going to let people hear and uh, see what they have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy who I'd like to have, I don't know if you've heard, he's been on a few other on the Internet shows. His uh, name is Dr. Dennis Cuddy. I recognize the name. Dennis Cuddy is... Um, He's an amazing researcher, extremely intelligent, very well educated. Mm-hmm. Um, he's right on par there with Dr. Stan Monteith and his knowledge mm-hmm. of basically decisions and actions behind the scenes hmm. in our education system, in the running of our government, and um, just wow. very, very capable, very, very uh, mm-hmm. interesting guy. Another gentleman has a local connection here that I'd like to get on our show is a gentleman named Paul Proctor. And I've had some of our listeners mention him several times. I've read him. I about Paul Proctor. I, I tell you, if you want an interesting place to see the news, go to newswithviews.com. Oh, yeah. Newswithviews is a fascinating place. You know who I'd Debbie love to Kidd. have is, is Dr. Edwin Vieira. Really? I think we should get him on. Why? Because he would. he is the man when it comes to uh, constitutional law and the takeover 
of uh, oh, the state. Is he just on Alex Jones? Uh, he was. I believe yeah. so. He's on there pretty regularly. Is so he? Okay. If if people kind of cross pollinate between us and Mr. Jones's show, uh, they'll recognize him. Yeah, but they he, try to copy over us. But a lot. he does. He is. If if you look into him and read some of his writings, he's also News with Views is what reminded me of him. Mm, okay. I'd love to get him on there because he's he's a. It would be like having uh, uh, William William Griggs vocabulary. Uh, I think a lot with uh, like you know sort of Mish's sort of thinking and even like some Robert Hyde kind of mixed in there and plus a bunch wow. of other constitutional laws. Very, wow. it's very sounds good. like sort of a transhumanist dream or nightmare or a nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> you know I haven't even touched the list here. We've got people like Joe Schimmel, Pastor Joe Schimmel. Oh yeah, we should. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love on. to have him on talking yeah. about they sold their soul for rock and roll about mm-hmm. uh, the 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 real strong foothold that satanism has mm-hmm. in our entertainment industry not yep. just rock music but entertainment mm-hmm. and uh, we have a list of just long other people we still have a goal to get people like steve quayle on our show yeah is steve still doing his thing what's uh he's been steve? off and on on his radio show mm-hmm. i i don't know whether he's gone back on a break i think he may be still back on the air hmm. but uh we're gonna work brother tom horn knows him well we're gonna try to get him on mm-hmm. and then we got guys like paul craig roberts who we'd like to have on i'd love to get webster tarpley on webster tarpley's on the list oh Oh, great. We'll Yay. get Wester Tarpley. We've met him. Met him at uh, Alex Jones Conference, and hopefully we'll get him on as well, mm-hmm. too. Talk about some big words. He, he's, yeah. He adds to our vocabulary here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who, what we need to do is bring Merv in to tell people how they can contact us and give us your vocabulary. So, mm-hmm. uh, Merv, come in and tell our listeners how they can contact us at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com. Suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Boy, this show went quickly. I told you, man. I didn't get through a list of about, I don't know, 10% of people that... uh, I know, and I think I might have even thrown a few on there. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We'll have uh, a host more of them. Ladies and gentlemen, let us know who you'd like to have, but we really got to go. None whatsoever, sir. Okay. Come back tomorrow for tomorrow's Tremors. Until then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Arrivederci. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, the petting machine bionic. Oh, he's got Pyro on his lap. You know, our third member yep. of the Future Quake team there on his lap. Our, uh, our silent partner, if you will, has has uh, yeah. countermanded he's, the uh He's in Future Quake headquarters lap. here. Yep, the um, lap dog is doing his duty. Since today's Friday, mm-hmm. what what does that mean? It is uh, today's review of the news or tomorrow's tremors. Yeah, except it goes in reverse. <laughs> tomorrow's tremors or today's review of the future's news. 
I know it just causes so much agony for our <laughs> listeners just hoping to get it right. I uh, wonder how much wagering goes on out there. Whether Tom there's Bionic actually will a get betting it right. pool going uh-huh, on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a Vegas line. Yeah. On how you do that. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is wonderful to be with you. I hope that you enjoyed our interview this uh, week with Jerome Corsi. Um, probably not real cheery thinking about internment camps, but I tell you, if we're with our good friends, our fellow Futurians, mm-hmm. maybe it wouldn't be so bad. We could all be together. We wouldn't be, you know, having know. the distance of radio. We could all be right there in the same stalag. The only thing I'm worried about is food. Other than that. That's all you think about is food. Yeah, I'm actually really hungry right now. Is that right? Yeah. I'm sorry about that. It's cool. You know, I suggest you get some beans and rice and okay. just a little bit of oil. No, I, don't, I wouldn't do that. There's no crisis. Well, Nothing to see here. Move right along. Before we jump into our news, can I make a couple of quick, quick announcements? Yeah, very Quickies. good. Um, by the way, I just want to tell you that we're we're breaking all sorts of limits on our listenership. Mm-hmm. We have passed another milestone yeah. uh, on our listenership. We are we are having several thousand people each week uh, download the Future Quake show uh, without any kind of promotion or advertising or whatever, just by word of mouth. Uh, in addition to the many tens of thousands that listen over to be you know every day, mm-hmm. and um, we have had a growth of about fifty percent in the last three months. We may want to get that in our show off. downloads, huh? So we may want to get that. What that off. growth? <laughs> Boy, and about eighty-five percent in the last six months. So yeah, that's all great. That I'm, uh, I'm causing, actually causing uh, a lot of buzz. Yeah, I want to thank our new listeners and everybody uh, who's downloading. I don't know what's going on, but. Well, it's we're like a, a buzz. We're a legend in our own minds. There's now. about about I saw on on our our thing here about five thousand websites that link to Future Quick now. Wow! Just by word of mouth. Yeah, it's amazing. And I just want to thank all of our Futurians out there. And there's a particular group of Futurians I want to uh, give a special call out to, mm-hmm. and that is all of our great buddies uh, who are Futurians at the World of Prophecy. Hey guys. Um, message forum uh, at worldofprophecy.com. They have a, a forum there of very uh, learned, enlightened people there that have a lot of neat things to talk about. And uh, they have been very kind to us. Mm-hmm. And I'd, I'd just like to give a call out to Pete at World of Prophecy and all the folks there. Uh, happened to drop in the other day, yeah. made a first post in there, and boy, sure treated welcome. It was like they rolled out the red carpet. Wow. Hey, I may have to go check that out. And they mentioned the same thing about old Tom Bionic, too. Cool. He might, Tom Bionic have to, might have to make a guest appearance. Oh, it, you, you should. And in fact, all of you Futurians, uh, I, as I understand it, uh, you're welcome over there at the worldofprophecy.com website, the, the forum. Just sign up there, and if you got questions, uh, maybe put something up there and we could all talk about, it. not just uh, Dr. Future and Tom Bionic, but mm-hmm. other Futurians would like to comment on it. We'll compare notes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, I, I started a link up there if people wanted to suggest uh, topics or, mm-hmm. or guests. Uh, people send direct emails right now about it, but we, we'll get anything from there. So anyway, I just want to say hi to you guys uh, and gals there mm-hmm. at World of Prophecy, and uh, just, just keep spreading the word. And the last thing I was just going to mention real quickly was something regarding our good friend uh, Johnny the Longshoreman, one of our favorites. Um, Indeed. He had a comment about you the other day in an email I got. Oh, really? You know, how do you usually address yourself? What's your title? You usually say uh, the blank. It's his effervescence. Yeah, you, you say the yeah your effervescence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Johnny the Longshoreman is now, he referred you in an email as his royal fizziness. Yes. I've, I've gotten that. I've gotten it yeah, several times. I like that. Well, I was new to me, so yeah. I thought that was pretty <laughs> cool, Johnny. His royal fizziness. I think I need an Alka-Seltzer hat. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. 
So anyway, that's enough of the silliness. It's on to story time. Okay. Uh, any you got any stories you want? I've got oh, some. Oh yeah. I, I got, got some. I, I've got two longish ones. Ones well, that'll curl your toes. Really? You yeah. may have me beat this one. Um, this one is no surprise that I went with uh, two economic stories. But, when you uh, get us down with those economic stories, I'm sorry. Is it like really deep in minutia of economic no, terms? No, no. One of them kind of is. Because you're a trained econo- economist. E- yeah, it's easy for me to say. Yep. Uh, this one, this one is not. This one actually affects everybody. Okay. Lay it on. Um, this is, was on MSN Money. Um, Experian wants to keep you in the dark. There's really no other way to characterize the credit bureau's decision to stop selling FICO credit scores to individuals as of February 14th. Wow. Yeah. Experian pulled out of its agreement with MyFICO.com, which has been the only place where consumers could buy their FICO scores from all three bureaus. Experian will continue to sell FICO, FICOs to lenders. That's big business because the FICO is the leading credit score scoring formula and the only one uh, and the one used by most lenders. But to consumers, Experian is pretending the FICO is no big deal. So, yeah, it's weird. There's no credit. So you'll be totally in the dark of knowing where you stand with creditors. Absolutely. Um, and How did they know if it's like wrong? How would you know, like if uh, you would? They had a real low number because of some electronic mess up, and you wouldn't even know it. You wouldn't. You wouldn't know. You'd That's the destroyed. whole point. Or somebody, for political reasons or whatever, wanted to ruin you. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. You. Yep. Um, talking about that, uh, actually, the. Um, Experian Executive President Peg Smith said the Bureau didn't set out to cut customers off from their FICO scores and, in fact, wanted to expand access to the scores by selling FICOs from Experian.com, something its agreement with Fair Isaac hadn't allowed. But the term of the new Fair Isaac contract proposed were uh, so unreasonable, Smith said that the Experian ended negotiations and decided to rethink its relationship with the scoring formula provider. This was never intended to disenfranchise consumers, Smith said. They've been caught in the ma- in the middle. Well, whatever you know, <laughs> come on. Uh, but but what led to experience move isn't as important as is that it happened. Uh, and I say enough already. It's time that we stopped allowing our personal data to be solely as a, uh, to be seen solely as a profit center for big faceless corporations. Your access to the information that's critical to your financial life shouldn't be left to the whims of credit bureaus or lenders or anyone else. True that. If anyone uses a score to evaluate you, any score, you should have the right to see that score and challenge the data that that go into creating it. You know, but a lot of times you wouldn't even know. Mm-hmm. There's evaluations behind the scenes that you don't know about. Well, now if they tell you like, oh, you applied for this credit card and you were turned down, mm-hmm. you would know something was up if you had good credit. Yeah. But what about stuff that happens you don't even know about? Well, they it, do that for jobs. As I understand, they mm-hmm. use it for even a job review. Really. And, and oh. you might be turned down in a job interview, even, and you you might not know what was the cause of why you were turned down. Hmm. Wow. Well, you know, um, I read a I read a a, a, a blog as part of Mish's blog actually. Some guy who uh, he got a, he got an email from his uh, credit card uh, company saying that they were going to cut his limit in half and raise his rates a couple percent. Mm-hmm. And uh, he called them the next day and asked them what on earth was going on, and they said that. Uh, that's what they were doing, and, you know, tough. Mm. And uh, so then the next day he got another email, or a couple of days later got another email saying they were cutting his limit further by another $1,000 or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he'd been paying his Yeah, yeah, he was paying yeah. it on time. Yeah. And then he called, 
He called them back again and said, what was going on? And the person he talked to said that a computer that had been listening in, in secret uh, had detected stress in his voice. And so they decided that he might be a higher credit risk. So they were going to limit his credit. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, this has all sorts of prophetic implications, a Babylon system, mm -hmm. and it's almost like taking the mark, you know. I mean, no way, nowhere to hide. Mm -hmm. um, they're 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 doing this. For example, if uh, if you cancel a credit card you've had for a long time and you're using a new one, that will actually cause problems with them as well too. Mm -hmm. They read all sorts of things and they're like, "Well, we're not going to take any risk. It's our call. We're going to do." So, what what can you do except say, "Look, keep your credit card. Yeah. I don't want it." Keep your credit card. Yeah, I'm but not now, mess with it. but the catch twenty two now is once once you do that, it affects your credit score. Yeah, you close a card, it affects the credit score, and so this. Now that's even secret. Like, who knows? So, so really, the Christian world needs to come up with their own system of investors that set up a pool of people that could actually help other Christ <clears throat> help other Christians, and yes. actually do that around away from this Babylon system. That'd be great. Uh, get rid of all the high usury and stuff, and yeah. maybe have a maybe have a more stringent vetting process up front, or you know, right? Who knows. And have mentorship maybe part of yeah. it, and credit counseling and stuff. Voluntary. People don't want it; they don't want to participate. Yeah. But have something where you get around that whole wicked culture. Yeah. Where your data is not going to be turned over to be used to other people and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know. It's crazy. Uh, all of you billionaires out there who listen, get it started, and we'll promote it, and be part of it here. Yeah, man. About that. Word. Well, you want something here from me? A little yeah. different? Hit me. This is different, as we say in Kentucky. Different. Uh, this is the Graylian Report. Um, this is, uh, it's called What Hails from Beyond? Sh Shamanic Drugs Are Pathways to Other Dimensions. Uh, the no this is a very interesting story. The notion that something from within our bodies could be considered an illegal substance seems rather odd to me. However, this is very much the case with the powerful drug dimethyltryptamine, DMT, yeah. active ingredient in the mysterious shamanic ayahuasca tea. I think I pronounced that just yeah. right, I'm is sure. That, is that in uh, the human pineal gland? Yeah. Well, hey, you just spoiled the punchline. We can go back if you want. <laughs> Used by, you, you can't go back in time yeah. unless you're God. This is true. Uh, used by native cultures around the world for vision quest. The shamanic tea, uh, which also happens to be found in the human body. Uh, the catch is that we don't know exactly where the DMT is created, although pioneering psychedelics researcher Dr. Rick Strassman has suggested that in theory the stuff could be produced within the human pineal gland, which Rene Descartes, the you know the mathematician, mm -hmm. famously proposed as the point of mediation between the material body and the immaterial soul. Whoa. It was That's the connection wild. between. Well, you know, you know, uh, I've studied a lot of different far out stuff, and one of them was, uh, as I was becoming a Christian, I got uh, read a bunch of books on cults, and some yeah. Satanists feel that uh, getting getting and making some type of, you know, martini out of uh, the li a live human pineal gland um, can. These were occultists. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. So they would actually kill somebody. Because the pineal gland's right in the inside the interior of the brain. Yeah, it's in your melon. It's not like they put a straw in there. Or right, but it's in the interior of the brain. Yeah. So they would kill, and it, it was almost like these ancient uh, mythological things where like they're taking on the soul of somebody. Mm -hmm. Or, um, yeah. I tell you, if you want to have an interesting read, 
Go just read, just to begin, just start at Wikipedia about the pineal gland, P-I-N-E-A-L. Mm-hmm. Read about what what is understood about it, what is the thought uh, about its its past and its future. Uh, and I'll, I'll make a few comments here at the end, but if, let me just uh, proceed with this here. Um, let's see here. Uh, it says, uh, uh, in the realms of both fact and fiction, the pineal gland has occasionally played an important role with regard to man's supposed innate abilities to unlock psychic powers from within, allowing us to perceive distant worlds which, to the naked senses, in our typical day-to-day state of mind, remain hidden. H.P. Lovecraft's maniacal character Crawford Tillinghast from the short story From Beyond described it as such. You have heard of the pineal gland? I laugh at the shallow endocrinologist, fellow dupe and fellow parvenu of the Freudian. That gland is the great sense organ of organs, I have found out. It is like sight in the end, and it transmits visual pictures to the brain. If you are normal, that is the way you ought to get most of it. I mean, get most of the evidence from beyond. What poor old Crawford was rambling about in Lovecraft's story, uh, that is, it was that the pineal gland would allow a normal person to perceive evidence from beyond through the use of a resonating device he had built. This contraption allowed the pineal gland to function in such a way that alien realms became visible when one stood near it. Funny enough, if researchers like Dr. Rick Strassman are correct about DMT production in the brain, Lovecraft may have been closer to home than he ever could have imagined with his notions that the pineal gland might act as a medium for strange phenomenon. Keep in mind that Lovecraft is often suspected by researchers of the bizarre for having been capable of tapping into ancient rites in other realms with some strange mental prowess he possessed which translated into his fiction. This is, you know, William Schnobland has said this too, yeah. that the occultists believed that H.P. Lovecraft actually knew what was really going on on the other yeah. side from what they knew of. Mm-hmm. In fact, recent studies by University of Wisconsin-Madison researchers found that DMT regulates a mysterious protein that is abundant throughout the body called Sigma-1 receptor. Experiments with laboratory mice that had had this receptor genetically removed yielded the strange effect uh, uh Let's see, of nothing. Uh, I'm sorry, I've got a mistake here. Whereas normal mice had been injected with DMT, yielded expected increases in hyperactivity until the effects of the drug had worn off. Indeed, it seems that a receptor for the hallucinogenic effects of DMT may have been discovered in that gland. Mm-hmm. I'm just wrapping up here. But perhaps even more interest is the fact that in addition to small amounts found throughout the body of sane, healthy humans... Elevated levels of DMT have been found in the urine of schizophrenics. This brings to mind a few interesting questions. For example, could finding ways to inhibit or otherwise appease sigma-1 receptors in schizophrenic patients result in a new treatment for the disease? On the other hand, many of the shamanic cultures around the world, like medicine men, these kind of people that would contact the other side, who use DMT-rich snuffs uh, and teas in their rituals describe entities they meet while taking the stuff. Similarly, test subjects in various DMT studies, including those of Rick Stroxman, mm-hmm. report meeting similar beings, and common to both groups are haunting consistencies between descriptions of these entities. In fact, some believe these beings could even be interdimensional ambassadors, mm-hmm. which come to meet psychonauts in the subspace realm that lingers between reality and wherever people experiencing a DMT trip tend to end up visiting. Well, I, re- I actually read a short story about a guy who you can make synthetic DMT. Yeah. And uh, 
people use that, it's a very, I guess it's a very short hallucinogen where you take it and it's absorbed through your skin and it lasts about two minutes. Some guy had done this so many times that he had went to the other side and found these people and knew the lay of the land and learned their language and everything. Well, it was a, it was uh, about one of the weirdest things I had ever heard. Well, let me finish this and last paragraph. And I want to discuss read. this with yeah. you. If indeed there is a link between DMT and diseases like schizophrenia, could this in any way mean that a person afflicted with such a condition may have some limited ability to perceive elements of worlds beyond the five senses? Mm-hmm. Are we left with the curious, even frightening questions as to how much drugs like DMT work, why it exists in the human body, and how under the right conditions substances like this might bear strange abilities that allow us some limited perception of those things which exist in places from beyond? Mm-hmm. Now, let me just make a quick comment as a Christian. Mm-hmm. It could be very well that if this chemical, if there is something to what they're saying, that it causes hallucinogens and makes your mind go crazy. Well, we know, just, you know, we absolutely stuff. know that it does that because they make it synthetically and and people sell it on the black market as well. Like, I know what I'm saying is that LSD something stuff. that has no uh, has no connection to any kind of reality. It's all like a, a fraudulent experience. Sure. Okay. However, we also know that as Christians, that there is supernatural, mm-hmm. and that. Um, there are instances in the Bible where people somehow have had connections with people or beings on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, when you hear descriptions of some of these shamans and medicine men from around the world, yeah. you makes you wonder if they've contact, contacted demonic entities. Oh, absolutely, without a doubt. So we often think it's everything's always external. And what I wondered is if there's something internally in there that has a connection that th- this, this drug provides a passageway. Hmm. For that connection, that could actually be some other re- a real reality. I don't know. You're talking I'm like Timothy Leary, man. Well, what, what, I guess what I'm thinking, and this is, this may sound a little Kabbalist, so excuse me if it does, but there could be that that is created within us in that gland a real way for us to connect to the other side, even in maybe a good way, but that God purposely put a barrier in there for our own protection. Uh, because of the abuse that happened. For an example, we water fluoride. Well, we will. That's an interesting point you raised too. Because when I read about from medical information about the pineal gland, is that uh, most adults' pineal gland is actually calcified. It actually turns like into rock on the outside, and they said that is due to consumption of toothpaste and fluoride in the water. Hmm. Which would actually be a barrier to to thinking. Now, if you look at other animals. Other animals, extreme different uh, different animals than us uh, as humans, uh, they actually have a pineal gland that's like sort of a third eye. It actually is a sensory organ like an eye. And there are certain things in tests that are done that, that the pineal gland actually acts as a like an optic nerve. It's, it's material substances most like our optic nerve, which takes visual data in and processes it and tells it what it is that we're seeing. And in some animals, it actually has it where it's actually out there working, and or there's some that are vestiges of it. That's heavy because you know obviously a lot of a lot of pretty far out New Age thinkers, you know, right. have the new eye, new the it's like a chakra eye. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and and sort of what you're saying is that there might be something sort of to that in that they've accessed something, some sort of gland. That's something there that's really nature. there. Yeah. yeah, and and what I'm but wondering it, but is it's not spiritual at all. It's just something. Well, it, it what what I'm wondering is it's just a pure conjecture. Is that maybe this was enhanced uh, before the fall, and that was what allowed 
communication in a more complete way, not only with God, but also with Satan and these demonic entities. Mm-hmm. And that when the fall happened, now just all speculation, but part, <laughs> of, but part of the reduction in the, in the communication that, that effect was some kind of block that was put on this pineal gland purposely for mm-hmm. our protection. So we're not fooled again by Satan or his minions, but... Uh, it, almost like, you know, the, where it talks about the, the angel with the flaming sword keeping from mm-hmm. the tree of life. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a version, something akin to that inside us, trying to keep us from, from gaining access to that end. And that's why sorcery and things like that are forbidden in the Bible. Because, you know, that was use of chemicals. Sorcery was the use of drugs and chemicals to communicate oh, to the other side. Well, that's very interesting. So, so it may have been that that was a way. And in fact, it could have been even the fallen angels that taught to use that to reestablish contact. Hmm. And, of course, it's a dangerous pathway when you do it. And, and we know people, you know, reports of people who went to the other side and then come back. So it just makes me wonder if there's really something to that and that part of the brain in there. And maybe Descartes, the mathematician, wasn't all wrong. Mm-hmm. That, that that little part of the brain is really the connection between our spiritual... If we had to find a physical place... Now, all this could be way wrong. It just got me thinking. It could be. About some interesting things about it. Do well, our Futurians have any ideas about it blow to, your mind? I'm going to have to roll that one around in my brain. But, but, it, but, but it just tells us about what are some of the dangers of some of the chemicals we put into our body. Yeah. Uh, and and a diet. It might diet open up things. Cola. Cola. Well, and, and, and like a, a bad drug trip may not just be your brain fooling itself. It could be opening up to something on a spiritual side, and there's actually a f- connection physical mm-hmm. that's connected to the spiritual, and that place might be the pathway where. Sure, I would, I would, uh, that very last statement anyway, the very last mm-hmm. sentence, I would say that's probably right on. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't, I don't know, so. but but then I think if if these people purposely are putting fluoride in our food system, are they purposely calcifying? Our ability to have any kind of spiritual connection yeah. in the future, well, it's, and deadness, yeah, or somehow, somehow or another, change it. Well, you know, I believe it's pharmakia in the Greek that means both pharmaceuticals, uh, i.e., mm-hmm. drugs, mm-hmm. and sorcery. Right. You know, so it, it's it's a well-established fact. Well, the shamans or medicine men. Yeah, that's shamans what they and medicine men do that. You know, there was a very interesting book uh, written recent, well, not recently, a couple of years ago all about uh, medicine man's use of um, the datum plant, which gives a gives a chemical very similar to, like, blowfish. Mm-hmm. And uh, they would actually use that to, uh, uh, in, like, the Haitian sort of zombified yeah. sort of stuff. And yeah. there was, everybody laughed at it for a long time, but this sociologist went over there and, and figured out that, no, it's, just, it's actually, actually a condition sort of brought on by uh, uh, ingesting this cocktail of plants. Wow. Yeah, it was Weird. Wow. Weird book. Who taught these people? It was it trial and error? Did they die? A bunch of people die until they found the right mix. Well, I'll tell you. What tell them? Well, I'll tell you what's really interesting is uh, uh, a lot of this witchcraft stuff can be traced to the general area of the Dogon people. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you, I'm sure, are probably aware, but our listeners may not be, the Dogon. Some people believe that they had uh, alien contact about 5,000 BC, and there's all this mm-hmm. stuff in their religion. That points to them knowing stuff about the stars that they didn't know yeah, about. Yeah, nobody knew. Yeah, but a, a hidden star that you couldn't see with a yeah, naked yeah, eye. Sirius, drawn, yeah, yeah, Sirius B and, right. and a bunch of other stuff, uh, which all would just sort of totally point to some sort of uh, alien contact 
uh, and whatever alien may be, uh, fallen can, spirit, fallen yeah, whatever. Yeah, Genesis six. Right, right. Anything like that. Yeah. Well, if we haven't weirded out people enough, I think we've all done right, a pretty now good we've job. Lost of the show. All of our listeners. Well, hey, it'll it'll get even weirder next week because we're gonna have Stephen Bassett on. Uh, gentleman's not a uh, a ministry uh, per no. se, but he, he specializes in what people know in the government about alien disclosure. Yeah. So those of you who are students of prophecy, mm-hmm. I want you to take this raw data from him. Chew on it, and then at a later date, hopefully we're going to talk about it maybe next Friday. Mm-hmm. We don't have time during the interview uh, to do much about that, but no. we're going to do that, sort of put it on perspective. So bear with us for the interview next week, but we're trying to explore new territory here. Yep. Any comments you have? Anything else? We got really weird today. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, we didn't get many more stories, but yeah, no, it's okay. Uh, we need to bring uh, uh, bring our friend Merv in. Merv, yeah. would you come in and tell our listeners how they can talk to contact us here at Future Quake? Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay. Uh, let me just say in closing for all our new listeners here, for all this weirdness you heard, we are two Bible-believing Christians. We mm-hmm. believe in God's Word. We believe uh, completely in its revelation is the only reliable the source. of Scripture. We are just trying to understand what the world's going around from a Bible-centered worldview to understand what God's doing if, in fact, this is the last days. Mm-hmm. And thank you for bearing with us as we all try to learn together. There you go. Uh, God bless every one of you all this week. Uh, look forward to seeing you next week. Till then, we hope your future is very bright. Have a good day. Sayonara. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake. Revolution sweeping like a fresh new breeze. Let the old